2: to reality entertainment presents the think tank podcast and now coming to you pre-recorded
3: deep undercover in the world's deepest darkest most secure
4: Hadron Collider in Nuclear Bomb Tested and Approved Doomsday Bunker,
1: here is Ryan the
0: Area Man! Hey dude. What's up bro?
1: Alright, so we're here to do part yeah, two. Yeah, finishing up the autopsy. So we got the autopsy from part one that we kind of ended on, and then I did my wrap-up bullshit, and now <laughs> we're going to start basically where we left off I'm just fucking with you man. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start where we kind of left off on the yeah. autopsy with this lady talking about it's it's Comel Comel's autopsy so if you didn't listen to the last week's episode the gray state part one you need to go listen to that because otherwise this is going to make any sense because yeah, we're starting weird. right in the middle of the video right so she's talking about the inconsistencies and oddities of Comel's autopsy And then, uh, I guess let's start with this, and we'll go from there.
5: So, we'll continue. Okay, entrance wound. Gunshot wound to the head. Lateral. Entrance wound. This is located at the edge of the remaining left parietal bone of the skull. Six inches from the top of the shoulder, and one and a half inches left of the posterior midline. It consists of a 1.5 by 1 centimeter rounded inwardly beveled defect. Soot. Powder and stippling are not seen. Now on this one it's not seen. So I'm not even sure if they even did they do a test even find gunshot residue. Highly doubtful. And linear fractures are associated from this, and which is to be expected. The exit wound indeterminate. Um, pathway, this extends into the skull and brain. Trajectory, left to right, front to back. Um, No projectile were found. Um, Now, gunshot wound, medial. Hmm, I just noticed that. Lateral being on the outside, medial being toward the midline. This is also located at the edge of the remaining left parietal bone of the skull. One and a half inches from the top of the shoulder and one inch from one inch left of the posterior midline. It consists of, an, of a rounded, inwardly beveled defect. Soot, powder, and stippling are not seen. One and a half inches from the shoulder? You don't even get to the head. You're still in the spinal region. Oh, wow. Okay. I think enough said on that one. Uh, trajectory, left to right, front to back. How is that possible when it says this one is located in the remaining left parietal bone? The parietal is up here, the occipital is here, you have the cerebral column here, shoulders are here. I'm sorry, but it's, these are almost like reading a comedy and it's not even funny because these people actually died and it actually makes me very angry. One and a half inches from the top of the shoulder and one inch left of the posterior midline. I'm sorry, but that is the, the cervical column. That is not the head. Left to right, front to back. Yeah, if I was a person that, would, that swears, trust me, there would be all kinds of colorful metaphors everywhere on this, this video. Internal examination. The body cavities contain small amounts of decompositional fluid. The organs are in the usual locations. Features of canine scavenging is described below. Head and central nervous system. Um, The remaining portions of the head consist of the posterior skull. This includes the portions of the occipital bone and left parietal bone. There's no brain tissue. The bony and soft tissue's margins Are irregular consistent with canine scavenging. Neck, the anterior musculature, hyoid bone, and laryngeal cartages are absent due to apparent animal scavenging. All that remains is the exposed and intact cervical vertebra column. Again, I ask you, how does a dog get to the front of the neck if she's lying on her face?
0: There's no way she can. That seems kind of weird.
5: Cardiovascular system. The heart is generally, generally intact. I find that interesting. The right dominant coronary arteries are intact and free of stenosis. The myocardium has a uniform appearance. The chambers are dilated. The valves appear intact. The aorta is lined by intact linings. The arch vessels are unremarkable. So, the heart is okay. And what they mean by the heart is generally intact is a good question. I have no idea what they mean by that. Respiratory system. The right and left lungs are good. The lung fields are free of consolidation. The tracheobonchial tree and pulmonary arteries are unobstructed. Again, these are um, relatively small um, portions of the lungs and they're unobstructed. They can see them, they can feel them, they can touch them, they can cut them. Habitobiliary system. The liver has an intact capsule. The parachyma is soft and has a green discoloration. The gallbladder contains trace amounts of bile. The biliary tree appears intact. Again, small features are seen. The, uh, the capsule the liver is in is intact. Um, they are not decomposed. Oh, endocrine system. The adrenal glands and pancreas are unremarkable beyond decomposition. So they show the, these show some decomp, whereas the others didn't really show any, if you remember correctly, on Davids and the little girls. Um, did not have that wording. The gastrointestinal system. The esophagus is lined by a smooth autolized mucosa. The stomach contains approximately 10 grams of light tan uniform soft material. The remaining bowel is unremarkable to random inspection. The appendix is present. Now, if you remember, in the little girl's stomach, she had, um, she also had a light tan fluid in her stomach as well as undigested food particles. So, that tells me that mother was killed before daughter, because she still and, and died um, relatively soon after she had started had eaten something, whatever this tan liquid was. Now the, mm-hmm. the genital urinary system, the right and left kidneys 20. are great, mm-hmm. they're fine, the smooth cortices have uniform thickness, and the corticomedullary junctions are well demarcated. Um, the medullary and collecting systems are intact, the bladder is empty, the uterus is free of products of conception, the proximal vaginal vault is unremarkable. Um, In the musculoskeletal system, uh, muscles are appropriate for bulk in the decedent's age. The margins of the distal upper extremities are described above, injuries described above. The available skeleton appears well developed. Now, representative tissue biopsies um, are submitted in cassettes and additional biopsies are retained in formulin and the dissected organs are returned to the body. Same thing in every single one of them. I don't have anything else to add except for that she appears to be a little further along in decomposition, not by much. By, could be hours, could be maybe half a day, two, Yeah, um, I don't think it was a whole day. It could be, but not likely, but she was obviously killed first because her decomp is a little further along. Um, I wonder why they have two mandibles. Why didn't they find out where the other one went? And this is the thing that bothers me about all that They find these bone fragments. And there's just a lack of, of lab work done, a lack of testing done. They-
1: so I'm going to pause it for a second. If Comel, based on the autopsy, would indicate that she had died first, I think part of the conspiracy is that some surreptitious person or group came in and wiped him out. Right. Right. Or that David fucking killed everybody. Right.
0: I think that's the official story, isn't
1: it? It's basically that he, it was a murder suicide. So he he killed killed his his wife, wife, killed killed his daughter, then shot himself. Right. All right. But the conspiracy is that someone came in and wiped him out because they wanted to shut this movie down or whatever. Yet you saw a decline in between him and his wife from the Netflix mm-hmm. documentary. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you know, they were, you know, the getting, like, it was getting weird, kind of. Right. Which could have just been the angle that Netflix was, you know, when they put this together, they wanted to push that narrative. Right. Um, so she's talking that the decomposition, she was a few hours to a half a day ahead of everybody else. So let's just hypothetically go with murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. He killed, he shoots his wife. She's just fucking laying there. Oh, it's going to feed daughter and right. let her give her some pudding, because I'm assuming what else would be a tan substance right. that's yeah. liquid. It's probably a pudding or some kind. And then, you know, some other pieces of food or whatever. And I mean... For hours to a half a day? I mean, half a day is 12 hours. 12 hours. A few hours is three hours. So between three and 12 hours, mommy's just laying there. Like, I don't. I don't buy that either. Unless he kept the kid from another, in another room out of there, you know. Like, let's just say they had a fight, argument, got out of control, fucking lost his shit, shot her. And it took him then another five to six hours to come to terms. And, and the only decision he could come up with is, well, I guess I got to take my daughter out and me at the same time. You know, yeah. like, we're just going to do this. Like, like there is no other choice at this right. point because I've fucking lost control and killed my wife.
0: Yeah, and, and it's weird because she had undigested food. So shortly after she ate, she was killed.
1: Yeah. So which means there had to have been it. But see, this is what that almost makes more sense than some group or person hitman mercenary can comes in and does it you would if a mercenary come you're doing all three boom 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 you're not going to kill the one then wait and come back and do the other two make sure the daughter's fed yeah so in this respect i kind of feel like it is a murder suicide could be if the mom really died a few to a half a day before everybody else did, mm-hmm. like that's strange mm. to me. I don't. But let's go with. I how, don't buy this dog fucking thing. I don't it, know any dog that's just so hungry in a twenty-four hours that they're gonna start eating someone that they know, right. no, or, or anybody I for agree. that matter. I agree. Like and we're talking weeks. I could see it. I'm not a day. Not a, a literal. Right. Your dog, my dog, nobody's dog would do this within 24 hours, no. unless you hadn't fed that dog for several days before that 24 hours.
0: Right, which would then mean it's premeditated because he planned it. He planned on letting the dog starve so it would eat him. And, and we weird. don't,
1: but see, the dog was, I mean, I don't know. I just, what they should have done, if, well, I don't know. I guess you'd have to like, but you should have checked the dog, like, You'd assume when they showed up, someone showed up on the scene for this crime, and they could see that looks like maybe a dog had been gnawing at something. That you'd instantly take that dog and go check the mouth or whatever, see if there's yeah. blood or.
0: But on the same token, playing the advocate of devils, she's saying a lot of the report is bullshit, right? Is what she's uh-huh. saying. So wouldn't it be prudent to say that maybe the times are different?
1: Yeah, but I guess the hypothetically the autopsy could be hundred percent bullshit too.
0: If that they, there
1: was no dog chewing on anything.
0: The times are the same, and the they times just could have been all the same it, to make
1: it, it seem more yeah. like a murder suicide. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could buy that too. Autopsies are bullshit a lot of the times, man. You'd mm-hmm. be surprised. I think in certain cases, especially if there's a need to cover up something, right? It doesn't take much to throw some money or whatever towards a coroner to adjust things. Yep. You know, look at Jeffrey Epstein. I mean you have the coroner going right along with the fucking what the the official narrative wants, but then you get Michael Baden going in there saying, Yeah, it's not there's no fucking way he killed himself. Right. Well this guy's done uh, probably a shit ton more than whatever. Then uh who's the guy that does the uh back in the day he was he did the um Who's the the, the the famous fucking? She was out on the boat with Christopher Walken and uh, oh. what's her name? You know what I'm talking about. Yes,
0: I do. We talked about this not too long ago. I can't think of her name
1: now. Oh, fuck, hang on. Famous lady that yeah. was out on the boat. Uh, Christopher Walken boat accident. Robert Wagner was the guy who was married to Natalie Wood. Yes. yes. Okay, so the the uh, coroner, the Asian guy, that was a coroner for that mm-hmm. thing. He also did the um, hang on, Natalie Wood coroner. I'm just gonna look it up. He had done a a bunch of fucking. Uh, autopsies, what was his name? Jesus Christ. I think this shit would be so much fucking easier you to. think, yeah. Like, if I put in Natalie Wood Corner, you would think his fucking name would be, like, out right at the top. I swear to God. The Internet's worthless anymore. What was the fucking guy's name? Doctor Laksh... No, that's not it. That's somebody else. Well, anyways, uh, whoever this fucking guy was, he had done this one and he had done uh, another one. Now I can't even remember what the fuck I was trying to get at, but ultimately, he—I think he had wrote wrote a book after he like retired or whatever—and he said that he had done some shady shit on these that wasn't quite accurate. based on keeping things like under wraps, you know what I mean? Like, um, so that certain, like, because it would have ruined a perception or something. It was like this whole thing. I wish I could fucking find the guy's name, but it was, it was some Asian name. It's weird that it's not up there anywhere. Spell it wrong? See, it's saying that. That's not who it no, is. No, right
0: there. Dr. Thomas Noguchi?
1: Yeah. Thomas Noguchi. That's the guy's name. So, now we can find.
0: See, that name doesn't even sound familiar.
1: Well, me neither until I, I fucking looked into this guy. He'd done a bunch of. Uh...
0: He did Faces of Death?
1: He's got a face of death. <laughs> uh, he performed autopsies on Marilyn Monroe, Robert Kennedy, Sharon Tate, uh, Natalie Wood, and John Belushi. So he had like a bunch of famous people. Mm. But there was like some iffy shit on the Monroe, the Robert F. Kennedy, and uh, the Natalie Wood one. Like he had done some kind of shady stuff. Also Janis Joplin. I mean, so you know. But he was the coroner for Los Angeles County, mm. or the county of los angeles so obviously he's going to get any kind of high profile whatever but he had done some shady shit with his uh whatever so the point is like if if someone in high power comes to the corner and says you're going to put this on there like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because of whatever reason then they're going to do that yep so these these autopsies, and, and look at the autopsy. Just you want to make it, you know, even more like current day. You could come in with severe diarrhea and died, and they're going to say it was coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Currently, when it Get wasn't hit by
0: a car, and they say it's coronavirus.
1: There was a guy in uh, wherever it was who um, had a motorcycle a crash. I think it was in Missouri or something like that. And they literally they named he died from his motorcycle accident, but they said. Uh, because he had, like, it could have been coronavirus because of, like, sneezing or something, right which now. is why he crashed his motorcycle. So they labeled it not motorcycle crash as the cause of death. They labeled it COVID-19. There's no fucking way. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't give a shit if you sneezed or not. They didn't right. test him. But, see, the point is these autopsies can be 100% bullshit. Yep. Yep. So I think that lends credence to... The conspiracy there because you know, I, I can you really trust anything in this? No, you almost have no, to assume no. that it's all bullshit. Right. Let's, let's get back to this lady now.
5: They gather stuff up and say, okay, this was by this person. Send it to them. We don't know who it goes to but, oh well, put it with the body. It was there. Again, I can't even I I, I will not I won't go into saying what I think, but the colorful metaphors are just flowing through my head right now. You should fucking say it, bitch. Um, Again, (laughs) my biggest thing with hers, her autopsy, and this is going to be a short one because it's all the same thing. You come to the same conclusions. Um, She has two gunshot wounds to the head. Um, They try to describe one in the back of the head, which then turns around to be on the side of the head left to right, front to back, but somehow it's going to be in the cervical section of the spine, but yet they say it's in the back of the head at the midline, one inch away from the posterior midline. Who wrote this? Oh, I, you know, I have to see who did this. Um,
0: Dr. Tamaguchi.
1: <laughs> Thomas Noguchi?
5: Mitchell Mori. This must have been what Dr. Kennedy was telling me when he said he thinks that Mitchell was... Um, was in the learning phases, you know, he's kind of going to school. So maybe I, I need to give this guy a break um, because he was trying. You know, I'm assuming this was he was doing the best he could, but it was signed off by a Lauren W. Jackson MD review and pathologist. And Mitchell Mori was the assistant medical examiner, which means, um, let's see, what's her name? I know it's Lewinsky. Let me get her first name. Um, Jessica Lalinsky is the deputy medical examiner and so um it looks like Mitchell um, kind of did this one on his own did Camille on his own but the report was not signed off by the um the reviewing pathologist so I'm not even sure if the the pathologist even truly read this. Did he just sign his name? Because that is what it appears to me. Again, that is my take on it. That's my suspected view because reading this doesn't make sense. So we'll close it up with doing a review. Two gunshot wounds to the head. She has... That was um, in the video. Just a minute. I'll be right back. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I forgot to add in this one little part, so I'm gonna. The lighting toss it changed the completely. To, um, mm-hmm. Let you know the difference. Must there's been like just, an hour or two later. Uh, talking about oh, wait, the there slippage, go. there's um, skin slippage where it actually starts coming off the bones. You know where the skin is actually falling off, where you could glove somebody, meaning you could actually pull skin and, and mm. hands off. And then there's um, the other type of slippage where the skin starts to um, separate itself from the separate layers. Uh, As you know, you have several layers of skin. That is the type of slippage that is seen in these autopsies, where the the skin layers are um, separating themselves, not where it's coming off of the bones. So there will be slippage, but not the advanced type where skin is then coming off the bones. Hope that helps. Bye. Okay, and we're back. Um, So, to summarize... um, Again, uh, two gunshot wounds to her head, both on the left side. They're assuming exiting on the right. Um, they have a bag of, of commingled uh, body fragments. They, From what I can read in any of these reports, they did not try to figure out whose body parts and whose fragments belonged to, to whom. Belonged it, I'm sorry, belonged <laughs> to whom. That's my frustration and anger coming out, <laughs> I'm pretty hacked at this. Um, they should have, at the very least, called in a forensic anthropologist to put this together, but they didn't. Um, it looks to me like they have enough fragments of bone left that they probably could have gotten a pretty good idea of the trajectories, but they didn't even bother. My question to you, police officers and everybody else involved, why? What are you hiding? um cuz i refuse you know i refuse to believe you were that inept i refuse to believe that that for a lack of a better word you are stupid you were officers you were medical examiners you are people who have been doing your job for a long time so it leaves me with one question one question only what are you trying to hide who are you trying to cover up for because i'm telling you this just makes no sense okay Go back, full, full um, review right now. Two gunshot wounds to the head. The medical examiner can't seem to dis- determine if it's going to be in the cervical spine or is it actually going to be in the occipital or is it going to be in the parietal? It's written three different ways in this autopsy report. She's missing um, everything in the front. She's lying on her, on her stomach, but yet she's missing the front of her head. They didn't even ask why. Um, Lividity is absent. It's Well, in her, it's not discerned. In a couple of the others, uh, David's, it was absent. Here, it's not discerned, which means they can't see it. They didn't even bother to ask why or how did the blood go away. Where did the blood go? They don't care. Her abdomen is very distended, just like David's was distended, but um, which in the photo you can see it's distended, but in the autopsy report, it calls it flat. Um, the upper, her upper extremities are stable and good, um, except for she's missing her hands. Now, the more I think about this, I don't think the dog could have gotten to it. If it's How did they put this? I forget how how they had. I'll get that in, in my next one where the police actually describe how they found her hands. But either way, I believe she's laying on it like this or like this. It's covered. I, there's no way a dog could take that hand off. Not from the position that they were in. Um, Now here's something else you need to think about. The posterior body surfaces are intact. Now, the paleo supposedly ate the front that's lying on the floor, but didn't eat anything on the back or the exposed. She added a large portion of her right um, uh, posterior thigh showing. There's no dog scavenging on that skin, which would be a whole lot easier to get to than that. And again, the little girl's abdomen completely exposed, not eaten. Her face exposed, not eaten. Why just David and Camel?
0: Because not really them.
5: So, with that...
0: What do you mean by that? Body doubles. They're not really good.
1: Nah. What would be the point, though? I
0: don't know. I don't know why else. Why else would only those two be fucked up?
1: Well, I'm just trying to think. Let's just say once again, like, let's say he shot his wife. Even if you put peanut butter <laughs> all over her face, and let the dog, go, he's just going to lick the fucking face to death. He's not going to eat the face. And I still, like, I, like she's saying, she's
0: laying face
1: down. Well, well, how? Okay, it. We're assuming. That as soon as the shot gunshot took place she fell face forward and was never moved. You could have shot this bitch mm-hmm. this is really bad for anybody that <laughs> like knows these people or knew these people. You could have he could have shot Kamel and she landed on her back. Then the dog fucking eats the face and then he moves her to her stomach face down to cover up the fucking nastiness of the face being eaten or the hands being eaten. But once again, you'd have to have a super hungry dog, Mm -hmm. a dog that had not been fed in weeks to months. eh, I don't think a dog's lasting months, but I would say five, six, seven days. You didn't feed your dog for five, six, seven days. Uh, Maybe then you might get a little bit of this, but they also aren't going after super fresh fucking like, I don't know. I just don't... If this is the case, then why don't more dogs that are super hungry right. eat people when they're sleeping or attempt to start eating them while they're sleeping? Like, you don't ever hear about this because it's not... Like, they don't call dogs man's best friend for no reason. It's for not right. man's best friend because the fucking dogs are eat the humans. It's because they... There's, like, a connection Come there. On, yeah. This dog isn't just going to start eating... It's not like... Unless we don't know that part of the story... It didn't appear as though the dog was beaten, starved, right. any of that shit, not saying it didn't happen. I just I have a super hard time believing that this dog, even if it hadn't eaten for three or four days, is going to eat this face, their hands like I it just it's not logical, even if the body was I moved I, I I have to assume that the body didn't wasn't on its face from beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it had to have been placed on its face. So its face down. Well, who the fuck brought a dog in to eat the fucking face? Right. Like I don't get that either. Like I'm a mercenary. I'm not bringing a dog with me. That's right. a fucking liability. Yep. So this that whole thing is weird. It doesn't really make sense no, at it all. Doesn't. The
0: whole thing is fucking weird.
1: And if so, why didn't they check the dog? And you think, okay, let's say this dog did eat the fucking human. Mm-hmm. When they discovered these the bodies there. Okay, so now let's go around and pick up dog shit. Mm-hmm. Uh probably put the dog down and get into that stomach and make and see. Right. Why didn't they say so the dog's still alive or was, maybe right. not now, but yeah, it was the time, yeah. and they gave it to one of the family members. No, we would have put that dog down. And see if the dog did eat the fucking human. Because it would still be in the stomach or it would be in the shit. You'd mm-hmm. be able to tell, right? Yeah. yeah. So why didn't they do that? If there's a any question that this dog ate them, you'd think you'd want to know if it was their dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be assumed it was. But what if you did this, put the dog down, and checked it? I know it's horrible for people that are like, well, why did you put the dog down? Well, because it's alleged that it fucking ate a human. Right. Regar- I mean, I know it's not like a whatever. But you'd want to know if it was mm-hmm. that dog. Because what if it... You checked that dog, and there was nothing in its system that indicated it ate the So then who the fuck ate the human? Right. Now, but but I don't no, know.
0: I agree, because like if, if my relative died weird, and their dog was there, and maybe the dog ate their face,
1: I wouldn't take that dog. Well, no, because there's something weird yeah, with that dog. You know like, what I mean? I, so I don't know. I would think would you would me. want to put that, that, I mean, put the, I hate to say it, but I know there are people out there, animal rights and all this shit. But you would put that dog down to find out or you would let that dog shit out and you would be gathering its shit over the course of right. a few days to see if there was I can you I would assume you can check the shit to see what it eaten.
0: Yeah, I would assume so, yeah. You know
1: what I mean like yeah. if there's any kind of human DNA in that shit. Well, she's missing bones so
0: there should be bones laying around somewhere too.
1: Something yeah. like there should be something indicating that do- that that dog did that. Did they do any of that? Che- check like for that. the dog shit. I mean I don't think so. I don't, I don't get that, but
5: we we I will leave it as that. All of her organs are intact. They're all um uh, they were all able to be sliced and to be dissected and to take um tissue samples. You can't take tissue samples from liquefied um remains. These are actual tissue samples that were put in formulin. You don't put fluid decomp fluid in formulin.
1: How do you have a liquefied body in less than twenty four hours? Yeah. You don't. That's another thing that doesn't make any sense. Because they were, the last time anybody had heard from any of them was the day before. Right. And then they were discovered the very next day. Yeah. And the fact that their skin was coming off. So that that would indicate that they had been dead a lot longer. Even if you had died immediately after that last phone call, Mm -hmm. I think is what it was. Yeah. you wouldn't, even if you had died immediately, hang up the phone, boom, boom. Your skin wouldn't start to do that. I no. mean, that you're you're going into rigor mortis at that point, not fucking right. point of beyond rigor mortis and now your skin's fucking Decom- decompos- sloughing decompos- off. Right. Yeah. Like, so was there some sort of... Rapid liquid agent on them or something? Yeah, like you'd almost have to, like, did they... Speed up the process. Somehow. Yeah, and, and what what can you use for that? Because that's—I've never heard of anything that can do that—and there's got to be something.
5: So, um, just goes to show that's that weird again. Too. Same with her, as with David and the little girl, they have not and had not been dead for very long. Um, what, what were again, you the stages of her decomp are a little further along. So I will stick with what I've been saying all along. I believe she was killed first, and um, then either. David and then um, the little one. And I just pray to God the little one didn't see this. And my now, next this video saying is actually going to go over.
1: Kamel died um, first, then David and then the little girl. Yeah. Well how and the so, fuck's that happened?
5: Um it's gonna be time to start Well it couldn't have been him then, if, if what my, she's reading is um, correct. My suspects. I'm not gonna go around and say they did it because that's defamation of just character say alleged. that would be slander. I can't do that. It's, it's not my place. However I can say it's my place. who I believe is a strong person of interest and you're not gonna like it, but ask me if I care. Because you know what? I don't. Not fucking say it just say it bitch. I'm tired of your vulgarity, I'm tired of you thinking you can bully people online. Um yeah, you get behind a keyboard and you're one real big mamma jamma, aren't you? Say it to my face. Come out here and do it to my face. Well, who is it? I'm tired of all of you guys. Seriously, and why are but you doing it? We will that? start and and I will <laughs> list why by the reports, by the police reports, by your emails, by um, reports of others. What you've done online, what you're doing now with the Gray State um, movie. You disgust me, all of you, thinking you can do that movie and take over. You don't own that. That was David's work, but somehow. He was managed to be silenced. You see behind me. You think this is a joke? You think we're we don't know what we're doing? You think we're just a bunch of you know ragtag idiots? I, I forget what you called me, but trust me, I'll quote that in the next video. Not this right here, folks.
1: Oh shit! Well, She's gotten up.
5: It lists everybody. I'm going over everything, doing it the old-fashioned way. Means, motive, opportunity, and a lot of you have stuck your foot in it. So, yeah, I'm upset. So uh, she's I'm, got I'm pretty, four
1: people with a motive. Pretty angry right yeah. now. No, five people.
5: Um, but we'll stick with, with Dan, C. And her Sean, um, again, Danny. They're all pretty much the same. Um,
1: and who the fuck is that? And the.
5: It, Honor okay, killing? I have to stop because I'm going on toward a, a whole other subject. Something. Um, yeah. And for those of you who have issues with me, that's fine. Have issues. You know what? It's not about your opinion and it's not about my opinion and I don't care. Um, take that instead of being frustrated with me and if your so-called friend, if you truly are a friend of this guy, instead of fighting those of us who were proving that David didn't do this, by their own words, by these reports, by these, everything. The police reports, the pictures, everything. Do you see that? Every flag is something that is, is wrong. And that is, that, again, that's only half of this. Instead of telling us we're crazy and that we're stupid and, and I won't call what else these wonderful things you tend to call us, why aren't you helping? If you're not helping, you're hindering. And if you're hindering, why? What are you hiding? Don't worry. We're finding it. And in some cases, we already have found it. Um, so, there. Yeah, I'm upset. So, so, to the rest of you, I'm really sorry. But, but you know, um, just sometimes, you know, I read over these, these autopsies, and especially reviewing them this morning and rereading them and going over and over and over everything and comparing them, and I cannot understand how either side of those families are not livid with anger over the injustice, the lies, the the, the misdirections, and how even as so-called friends have just conveniently... How, how you don't mind going online and going into movies and going on to... Well, I don't know about movies, but well, I guess the so-called Gray State documentary. Joke and a half. Um, not one of you. Well, maybe there was one. That's not true. There was one. And I will read what, what they had to say in the next video. But most of you are you are not only going along with with the the so-called final decision, but you are spewing it left and right when you know, you know it's not true. It's a flat-out lie. So, again, my question to you is, why? With friends like you, who needs enemies?
1: Interesting. Well, where's the uh, second video? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Do you think this chick posted it? I don't know. So that was posted May 6, 2018. Um, so was she, is she alluding to that it's one of his... I think so. So Dan C. is his brother, right? Yeah. Um, is that right? I think so. All right, let's go. Um, Gray State. Wikipedia here directed by Eric Nelson is this the same thing yeah
0: yeah because that's David Crowley was his name yeah. so Dane would be his brother so David
1: right? uh, David Crowley so much information here yeah where's uh, so Crowley doesn't have a page that's interesting it's kind of sh- kind of strange um well, would it be on a- IMDb Oh, his brother was in the movie or no? I thought
0: he was. Didn't he talk about him?
1: He was in the Netflix film. Mm -hmm. I just want, like, the family tree. I don't know, dude. I... fucking hate google google is so fucking worthless
0: right
1: if i do a google search david crowley's brother why don't you think it'd be the first fucking thing that pops up you would think uh... is this is the obituary no nope. no nope. <laughs> okay so hmm huh. So the message on the wall was in the wife's blood, supposedly. Right. Dude, I don't even know where, to, where to go from this point because... There's so many it fucking doesn't... problems. So if we call the autopsy bullshit, and, like, all three other autopsies are bullshit, so let's... What, what can we take out of that? Like, is she... I get she's fucking crazy. Give me a headache. <laughs> she's implying that somebody that because she said there what you're doing with this documentary or whatever with his film is like a disgrace or whatever. Right, like right. so, like like maybe David was kind of dragging his feet on continuing to make this movie. It seemed like he was going through some weird shit, but I'm wondering if she's referring to the Netflix documentary or the other one, Uh because there's like, all right, so I've been able to find like two other films. So there was a Netflix we we watched in the Mm -hmm. last episode. Then there's this one called the gray state of the rise. And then there's this one gray state, the rise by David Crowley. So, The Rise is an hour and 58 minutes, and The Rise by David Crowley is two hours and 39 minutes. Jesus. So, I don't know which one is, or if she's referring to the Netflix one.
0: I don't know. Yeah. But. Well, the weird thing is, is that screenshot from the two and a half hour one, mm-hmm. looks like one of the scenes from the hour and 58 minutes.
1: Yeah. One. And that's the thing. I can't tell. So it's almost as though, so the Netflix one is a documentary about David Crowley and the movie he was making and then the terrible tragedy. Mm -hmm. Gray State, The Rise, the two-hour one, is what appears to be the movie with some of the scenes that he shot but with a whole bunch of other actual footage and it's all kind of mixed together with interviews and things like that but not necessarily about David Crowley. It's more about the police state. Mm -hmm. And then there's Gray State, The Rise by David Crowley that, I don't know, it's two hours and 40 fucking minutes. like maybe it's the rise with additional interviews. I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not either. But because I haven't sat and watched either one. And this looks like...
0: I don't know, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones.
1: So, she's referring to somebody who was, I'm assuming, part of the project that is taking the footage, doing their own thing with it. And she's, what I take from what she said is she's implying that it's one of them that went and to the fucking... Right. David, his daughter, and the and Kamel, and is doing their own thing. That's did you, is that what you yeah, took oh, yeah. from what That's she's exactly what without saying a name? She's right. implying. So who else is part of that production? The only thing I can is what we can do is go to IMDb, put in gray state and and see what we can find. Like, I mean, without naming names because we don't know. So there's a gray state there. There's gray state, the rise. I think they're talking about the same thing. I'm not sure, though, because the other one didn't have... All right, so this one, is a documentary about the mysterious death of fringe political filmmaker David Crowley who was found dead alongside members of his family in their River, Minnesota home in January of 2015. Director Eric Nelson. Okay, let's see here. The cast... Dan Crowley C- senior. That's his dad. So then yeah, there must be Dan. So his younger brother, right? hmm Or his brother is Dan Junior. Where do you see the production?
0: Um usually it's like
1: C cast yeah. and crew.
0: So it's usually spot cast and crew.
1: Alright, I wanna see the production here. Yeah, there's Junior. Older brother. Yeah. Now, and in the Netflix thing, he was like crying and shit like that. So, I mean, I guess anybody could fucking turn it on and turn it off. But let's see here. None of these names look familiar to what was on her list. Yeah, and I couldn't see the list very well. I don't know, dude. I don't even know who the fuck she's talking about, to be honest with you. The only one we could make out is, is Dan C. And the government. And the government. So is he talking about the dad? Is he talking about the brother? Or is she talking about the dad, the brother? Is there in one of these other actors? I mean... What about Danny? Wasn't Sean Wright was on that list? So he's he plays himself. He's David's friend.
0: Mm-hmm. I think everybody plays himself in this movie.
1: So, Sean Wright was on that list, though. Was he? Yeah. Remember I said Sean Wright? Yeah. So, if you look, you got Dan C., yes. Sean Wright, yes. Danny something. Danny Mason? Yeah, I bet you that's Danny Mason. He's a Grey State co-creator and actor. I bet you that's who she's referring to. Probably. And then... Government, and then it says honor killing or something like that. Right, H-O-N-O-R, killing. Honor killing, yes. Government, yes. Danny Mason, yes. Sean Wright, yes. Dan C., yes. Uh, and then she's
0: got Camille and David on there.
1: Well, but they don't have...
0: They have no motive.
1: No motive. And then Robert, Robert Elliot question mark but that she has yeses next to dan sean danny government and honor killing well what will be the honor killing I don't know. and then she's got the other people but she doesn't have anything next to them and what's the next category next to motive debt k debt k no one no one no one no one no one i can't read what that says Okay. There. and then what is motive Something. Something. What's well, it, money? Take five. Yeah, money. Take five. I can't read what that says. Uh, and then it just fucking gets even blurry. And we yeah. have it blown up as best as we can. Like, right. yeah. said so this lady would like take a better picture and publish that shit. Yeah, kind of shit. Um. So, well, Danny's a co-creator of the Gray State, so I would say he's probably got the biggest motive.
2: Yeah.
1: Of anybody, but what would be his reason for
0: money? He wanted it out, and David was dragging his feet, like you said. He was but kind it, of Enough crazy. to kill
1: somebody, like
0: maybe that is falling out. You
1: know what I mean? Well, I get, I get it, but. Let's see what else he made. Maybe there's a so he's still doing shit.
0: Yeah, he's an actor in a lot of stuff.
1: Alright, it's all short. So let's see, what's he a producer for? Gray State the Rise. So that's this. So he ended up taking and okay, Gray State the Rise. So there's Grey State of the Rise and Grey State the Rise by David Crowley. Which one did this motherfucker have to do with? I want to see the cover. 2015. So that's director David Crowley. So how long are they saying the movie is? Two hours and 39 minutes. All right. So it's this one. Two hours and 39 minutes. So maybe we should play this movie now. Okay. And see what we can extract from this movie. I have a feeling this movie is just basically the movie that David was attempting to make with this uh, Danny.
0: Ma- Mason. What the
1: fuck's his name?
0: Mason Danny Mason. Yeah.
1: Well, why is he not listed here? Because it's
0: his director in stars. He's. He was <laughs> yeah, but
1: David didn't even direct this because they weren't done with it yet. They weren't done filming, right?
0: Right. No, he died in two thousand fifteen.
1: Right. So, and this is the this guy produced it. This Danny Mason mm-hmm. but this is so he basically took what David was doing which is supposed to be like a not a fictional but like a you know just a movie with characters and all this and I think what they've done is they've taken shit that they filmed and real footage and they put it all together okay. and made a, this movie out of it so let's watch this and see what happens. I mean, I don't know.
0: Okay.
1: It's a documentary biography drama. January 21st 2015 is when that came out. So then real quick before we start that, when did the Netflix one come out, which is that was this 2017. One. And this one, yeah, that's not. Come on. A Gray State one came out in 2017. And that's the one that's on netflix Mm -hmm. so there's two so there's the one that came out in 2015 then they did this one 2017
0: this one's just a documentary
1: about the whole situation right that was the one on netflix yes the one we're about to watch is i guess what it was supposed to be or something because they've got him listed as david crowley as the director even Mm -hmm. though he
0: died there's got to
1: be shit because i don't think in his movie it was supposed to be like interviews and stuff it was supposed to be like a dramatic piece right. overall as right. the it's movie, a movie yeah. so i don't so i think what this guy did as the producer then is he took all the shit that they filmed and put together all this other shit and whatever you know what i mean i don't know so i guess let's watch that and go from there, go from there. that sounds good the
6: window opening economic crisis and a constitutional crisis coming to a
7: head. We're going to be going through some shit. Just look at history and acknowledge that things like this can happen, things like this have happened, things like this are happening right now.
8: The gray state is a part
9: of this Orwellian nightmare that's being set up not only for decades, not only for centuries, if not potentially thousands Of years one world government new world
6: order it's real a lot of people are realizing it and uh, more people are gonna have to
8: this is an empire in decline if we don't do something drastic to put the federal government in check we're gonna be doing things the hard way later the
6: attitude of the government in this case was we don't care about winning your hearts and minds we're gonna show you who's boss that is exactly the kind of abusive power that led to the first American Revolution
10: Going
7: to get ugly this smart the mess month, and it's not going to stop so what is it that keeps it from happening in the United States I mean, is this the kind of world i want to live in government different from any other organization, is the government has the ability to compel people to do things via force.
8: And we're seeing it as that, and we're moving past it. We're evolving past it, because we want to create better worlds for our children. Every generation does, and we're simply seeing the next way to do that. And in that sense, the libertarian message isn't, you know, statism is bad and government is evil, and you guys are all sheep who need to wake up. It's, hey... Let's improve the information in the market and show you that you're better off without this system of violence. Market actors interacting freely do so voluntarily because they perceive it to be in their own self interest, that it benefits them. If I buy something from you, it's because I value your product more than my money, and you are going to value that money more than that product. And we both benefit. Anytime you introduce force into that equation in any form, you subtract from humanity's potential to reach that ideal of prosperity and progress.
11: It <laughs> doesn't Public property and public control is what the state control versus what uh, individual control. Uh, economic freedom is is taken away to some degree because uh, the state controls things like health care. Now the state has to control what you put into your body because you'd obviously be creating a negative externality if you would choose to smoke or drink or whatever. You're, you're now costing the
12: overall public that money. It used to be we had a savings-based economy under an honest monetary system where we couldn't create money and credit out of thin air you couldn't afford it you didn't buy it this was not poverty this was responsibility people look at the old days and they think before the Federal Reserve and they think oh we don't ever return to that those were the horse buggy days these are technological issues these are not issues regarding the economy these are things that would have come about by virtue of our dynamic creative spirit that exists on greater and lesser levels in each and every one of us
8: it's a simple fact Of the superiority of using persuasion to get people to do what you want to do, as opposed to saying, "Well, I'm scared and I don't trust you, and I'm going to just have someone with government put a gun to your head and do what I want you to do."
7: When people give money to Bill Gates or Sam Walton or any of these people, he's not taking it from them. They're getting something in return. They're getting a service. They're getting a product. There is an organization out there that does take the money. and that's the government. You don't have a choice about whether or not you can do business with the government. Right? If you uh, don't want to use our services, that's fine. But you're still going to pay for those services. If you don't pay. Send people with guns to take your, take your house. Take you.
8: The feudal era, you had a feudal king or yeah. lord who would claim half of your crops in exchange for protection. And because the peasants didn't know any better, they could get away with that scam.
7: Give 20 bucks or I'll shoot you or I'll throw you in prison, which is, you know, what taxes are. All laws are
8: The facade of statism has to include them throwing us a lot of bones. A farmer will provide health care for his livestock in the same way that a government wants to keep the tax cows healthy and productive.
7: Drive us with our own money taxes, and then they take that money and they push it back out. What they hope we don't notice is they take that money from us in the first
12: place. Without the income tax, America historically became the wealthiest country on earth because it goes back to the benefits of a savings-based economy where you're able to accumulate savings and you're not forced to turn it over to a governing authority to redistribute as it sees fit. Understand that your income tax is a farce. The 16th Amendment of the United States was never properly ratified by Congress. People today believe that taxation is absolutely necessary. Like Winston Churchill said, it's the penalty for living in a civil society. This is not true. We lived without an income tax. New Hampshire today still exists without the income tax. And they're thriving. They're doing fine.
13: One reason why the income tax is so detrimental, it's based on the assumption that the government owns everything and they allow us to keep a certain percentage under their conditions. Point. That even a 1% income tax is morally wrong because it sows the seeds of destruction.
8: The gray state is a symptom of the step backwards of statism that we're experiencing right now. Two steps forward, one step backwards is is the course of human progress. And I can look back and say, well, we started the major step backward in 1913 that was the Federal
12: Reserve. The Federal Reserve legislation was drafted on an island, really called Jekyll Island. All these bankers, the heads of G.P. Morgan, the other large banks at the time, got together on this island, secretly drafted the legislation and all that stuff. I think that name is perfect, the creature from Jekyll Island. It's this creature that all these different, very well-intentioned people aren't humble enough to recognize that no one can control this power. You give me control over the monetary supply? You think I'm some saint?
11: You gave someone a monopoly, and then they brought that monopoly into D.C. No different than the IMF today, no different than all the corporations and all the guilds, all the unions that are coming to D.C. to seek their monopoly favors. That's what has to be ended for our
1: free enterprise system to find its legs again. do people
5: know that America doesn't even own
9: its own money supply?
12: this private central authority is going to loan money to your government at interest, so they make money off that debt. And then the federal government pays them back plus interest via taxation. They used to try and find a way back in the old days to create gold, which was money and always has been money, out of lead, and they never could figure out a way to do it. The rapture occurred when they realized we can substitute gold with paper money, which we can create infinitely at a very low cost. So this debt is only valid so far as our public is able to cover that debt based upon our level of income taxes.
9: Federal income taxes does one thing, and that's it. When you pay taxes on your income, that goes directly to the Federal Reserve to pay interest on the debt that they create. Anybody not understand that?
12: Anything they cannot pay for via taxation, they turn on the printing presses. At this point, it's analogous to a Mickey Mantle rookie baseball card. You give some governing authority the right to create photocopies of this, pass them off at the same thing. What's going to happen to the existing value of all other Mickey Mantle signed rookie cards in good condition? Well, they used to be rare, so they had value, and now they're increasing the supply. So you have declining demand, and you have greater supply. What gives our paper its value is its world reserve status. Every currency on earth is backed to some degree or some percentage by U.S. dollars. What used to give that value was that it was backed by something else of value. In our case, we had the highest gold reserves of any country on Earth. We had an agreement under Bretton Woods with Saudi Arabia and OPEC, you know, the oil and petroleum exporting nations of the world, that their oil would only be traded exclusively in U.S. dollars. Every other country on Earth had to buy U.S. treasuries and convert their currency to U.S. dollars to get oil, which every economy needs to function, of course. That was the key to our prosperity in the early days. It just is what it is. It discourages moral hazard and unnecessary risk. Since the 1970s, we did not have the ability to cover our debts via taxation. It's not popular to raise taxes. You're not going to vote for the politician who does that because that gets old. But we hate it when they stop spending. We like the free goodies. So that's why it is we're in such a deficit crisis and they spend so much money. It's, it's popular to spend, it's unpopular to tax. So what do we do? We have the Federal Reserve paper it over.
3: The problem is Congress, the federal bureaucracy, and the military bureaucracies. And remember what runs those things, cash. When you fly into Ronald Reagan National Airport as you're getting ready to land, if you look towards the Washington Monument, you will see this enormous mountain of cash. The problem with that mountain of cash is it's a magnet for all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the Beltway exists to get their hands on some of that cash. It essentially creates a situation in which everyone is for sale.
12: And to go back to the Mayor Amchel Rothschild quote, who is founder of the Bank of England, having control over a nation's currency, I care not who makes its laws. Now they do not directly influence public opinion, the laws, or anything like that. They do so however indirectly because they control the money so they carry out and makes the laws because they can use that money which they can create in perpetuity out of nothing and give it to their preferred representatives in government and help shape the agenda.
9: People when getting into office can borrow money from the Federal Reserve directly for their political campaigns. They necessarily don't have to pay that money back out of their own savings or their own donations. They just leave that as national debt that the United States owes the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is happy to create that debt because every dollar created, they get more interest paid back to them. Once they've taken this money from the Federal Reserve, it's like selling your soul to the devil. You don't really have a choice in which bills you pass or which ones you vote no or yes for.
3: Listen, isn't much altruism when
9: you're flooded with cash. <laughs> How long have they been trying to do this? Forever. Forever. Bankers we- are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you let them do it. What you need is
7: cutsy presidents, gutsy congresspeople to prevent it.
2: As humans, we're designed to worry about the next tribe coming over and attacking our clan. And men are designed to look out towards the horizon and see threats. But we only see military threats or criminal threats or thugs. We have not been designed to see corporate threats where global corporations get their people into government, then the traders in government sign government authority over to that. That's how this incremental treason to the North American Union, the European Union, now becoming more and more dictatorial, has been set up.
12: You have to ultimately, in a free market, assume the risks and responsibilities associated with the freedom again to succeed and the freedom to fail. We don't have that. So the Federal Reserve is going to create Mickey Mantle baseball cards ad nauseam in infinitum. They're going to just print them out to cover all these bad debts that went wrong when Goldman Sachs, Federal Reserve shareholder, decided to sell a whole bunch of these uh, securitized mortgages thanks to the repeal of Glass-Steagall to foreign investors all over the world that went bad and they knew would go bad. The fraud element comes in, they knew they were going to go bad, so the Federal Reserve creates moral hazard again for these large banks by saying, don't worry, we'll paper it over.
13: We're in the midst of a serious financial crisis. And the federal government is responding with decisive action. Over 700 points. Apple shares are just getting hammered.
14: We're down by between
4: 3 and 4.5%. A national rescue plan. $85 billion deal.
13: And supply urgently needed money, so banks and other financial institutions can avoid collapse and resume lending. Not passing a bill now would cost these
12: Americans much more later. And every time they manufacture a depression in the marketplace... They receive a bailout. Smaller competitors do not, so they can buy up the assets, again, the things of tangible, actual value from the productive people in the economy, and they're confiscating it on pennies and the dollar because when you're liquidating in a Chapter 11 bankruptcy situation, you're going to take whatever you can get. Then Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America can swoop in, take control of all those assets. They didn't produce anything. They didn't make anyone's life better, but uh, they're rolling in the dough, aren't they?
15: the primary problems here is that there is an absolute unification of money and power and government. And you need to try, for the sake of uh, sanity and liberty, to try and prize those things apart. Because at the moment, they are one.
3: In the Roman period, they used to talk about bread and circuses as entertainment for quote unquote the mob. It's it's not quite that obvious, but the truth is everybody gets to drive a better car, everybody gets to live in a nicer home. And what we really want people to do is go to the mall and shop and be entertained. They've been very successful in turning the body of the American population into sedated consumers. Well, you can only sedate the consumer so long when the consumer runs out of his ability to consume. When he suddenly wakes up and recognizes that what he thought he had he doesn't. The money he thought he had is gone. The wealth he was promised is is vanished. That's when the game is up. Today, inside Washington, the mainstream mentality is that you and I and the rest of us that are talking in these terms are out of touch with reality.
4: Our banking system is a safe and a sound one.
3: Our deficit problems are completely managed. Everything will be
8: fine. We'll pass some reforms, some new legislation. We'll make it all right. Part of the scam of government by printing money by borrowing money we don't have to tax people directly we can commit intergenerational child abuse and pass that bill off to the people who when born into america have a forty five thousand dollars stone around their neck as their share of just the federal debt in its most conservatively estimated
7: forms people keep throwing around these numbers that were fifteen trillion in debt sixteen seventeen those are all old numbers it came out in bloomberg financial and other news outlets that under Obama's administration, in the first two years, over $23.7 trillion is missing. And that's on top of all the missing trillions from Bush. Raising the debt
4: ceiling, which has done, been done over 100 times, does not increase our debt.
12: We have now seen our national debt go to the tune of $211 trillion. If you consider all the government guarantees to workers for their retirements their pensions, etc. We're at a point now where if you were to tax the American public to the tune of 100% of their income for the next 20 years, you wouldn't put a dent in the interest.
16: And we see the economy falling apart. And before people said, you know, I can't really believe that this is all by design.
13: How
12: do just tens of trillions of dollars go missing? And then Ben Bernanke, the Fed chairman, just laughs at congressmen and senators when they ask him, hey, where's the missing trillions? When
9: everybody's struggling in this economy, Ben Bernanke's out celebrating at this huge gala event. And meanwhile, there's children starving. What'd you do at the 2008 Bilderberg meeting? I'm not doing any press today.
3: For people in high office and high places, there is no accountability. And they like that. And it's a wonderful situation to be in never having to answer for for what you've done
13: will you tell the american people to whom you lent 2.2
17: trillion of their dollars you tell us who they are
18: no
5: you're in debt our kids are in debt our grandchildren are in debt it is time to stop $1.
10: If
9: I recall, back in 2009, I think it was, they said that people with incomes are a threat to their agenda. It seems to me that they want to make sure that the people don't have any money to fight back. The thing that
13: that my baseball coach as a child taught me the most is that in life you are going to lose. Okay. And have a society of winners. Then mm-hmm. who's going to pick up the trash? Yeah. Who's going to flip the burgers? Who's you know. There's but not that many college students in the world, right?
5: Up and I work every day for family and generations after me, I just don't know what their lives are going to be like. You know, that's my biggest fear: is what are we all going to pay for 50 years? from now.
12: Our deficits are to such a degree that when you cannot cover it via taxation, no one's willing to loan you money anymore. And that's what we've been doing: we've been borrowing our way to financial prosperity from foreign central banks and they won't lend to us anymore because they know mathematically we cannot pay it back via taxation. Bottom line, that's what this is about. They're just creating money, they're devaluing it, and there's no alternative.
11: The, the direction we're going in right now is debt and dependency. You understand the principles of the debt super-cycle, and eventually that super-cycle comes to an end. The
12: US Treasury bond is the largest bubble out there, bigger than the credit card and the education bubble it's several times bigger and they're going to discover this unfortunate fact very painfully what happens then in times of economic crises is you go back to the world reserve currency you buy up u.s treasury bills because it's a store
18: of value
9: they can dump that on our market at any time create overnight hyperinflation that means all commerce shuts down
18: america and its best friend in the
9: gulf may be in for a difficult breakup
6: the saudi prince bandar bin sultan said there
4: will be quote a major shift away from the u.s
12: well if you know that in six months your dollars are going to lose 20% of the value, you're not going to save them, which is what we depend upon. You're sure as hell not going to back your currency by them. You're going to buy shit up while the buying's good. You see it now? you got China out buying up infrastructure all over the United States, Russia doing the same thing.
9: So they're taking these worthless U.S. dollars, and they're buying up this country.
12: And then there'll be a flight to safety in commodities, gold, silver, etc., to save what you have left. So essentially, at some point... All of the world's banks are going to dump dollars, and those dollars are going to start chasing goods and services. And as the means of production becomes more and more handicapped by government intervention, more and more regulation, less people are going to invest, the whole thing falls apart.
19: The news, you see this is happening right now. The smartest minds in the world are saying these bonds are cooked. We've had it. The rally is over.
17: The long-awaited bond is happening
12: so what is real wealth is it in a paper currency again no that's just paper it's kindling it's something to write on it's something to wipe your backside with what does that paper get you goods and services what does a bank confiscate do they come after your paper no they come after your house they come after your cars they come after the actual goods and services that had the value to begin with
3: and that's why everyone who's inside the beltway is so desperate to convince everyone it won't happen because there is no way to avoid it anymore
9: the economy is going to be okay keep them working because you don't want to create pandemonium. start getting people too scared about what's going on and start fearing the government, then they're going to have a revolution. They can't have that. They want to keep on the tipping point where they have control.
12: They're going to use our own money to enslave us and collapse the monetary system at the same time because, again, every currency on Earth is backed by U.S. dollars. If there's nothing to replace it, you only have chaos. In
3: June of 1929, Mr. Mellon, who was the Secretary of the Treasury, told the American people that they lived in an era of unbroken prosperity, that they had nothing to fear. At the same time, he was liquidating all of his investments in the market. He was putting everything into cash and gold. He wasn't alone. Mr. Geithner recently made the statement that our banks are solvent, that there is no issue. We have nothing to be concerned about. Nothing could be further from the truth.
7: About conditioning the kids is the idea of creating a new generation that thinks differently than the previous generation. Teaching the kids that they should think a certain way, or they should feel a certain way, or they should vote a certain way.
18: of psychology, the study of psychology, how people think and how people can specifically be manipulated. If you're familiar with the psychology of B.F. Skinner, what he would have you believe is that human beings are not creatures of introspection. They're not creatures of internal cognition. They have no soul thought processes. They have no free will. What they are are animals to be trained. So you have Skinner's operant conditioning chamber or the Skinner box where he trained based on a system of Punishment and reward. Essentially what it does is it bypasses braining function and goes straight to an animal training method. You create a problem, offer a solution that drives them toward a pre-designed response. This is called the Hegelian Dialectic.
16: The Hegelian Dialectic is a formula and a strategy for creating a problem to then offer a solution that you have to the very problem that you've created to get the outcome that you desire that you wouldn't have been able to get if you didn't create the problem in the first place.
18: Now, the Hegelian social theory was adopted by Lenin, by Marx, and it was applied politically in the form of communism. German psychologist Wilhelm Wundt, he is the first one to apply it to education.
10: the the the
18: The American education system is a combination of Hegelian social theory and experimental psychology
7: and that's the whole idea behind working with the kids it's this concept of the local parent the school is the parents when the parents are not there
9: most people are too busy working the 9-to-5 and now that 9-to-5 is turning into 9-to-9 nine nine, to be able to just survive crippling the amount of time we have to transfer knowledge and information to our children and our young So by making sure both parents are away from the children at work, they can guarantee that the social environment of school, preschool, daycare is going to be able to give the children the
18: knowledge that they want. What you have is the degradation of the individual, you have the promotion of the state, and you have the elimination of the middle class. Now under this operant conditioning from Skinner, the only thing you learn is how not to get punished and how to achieve your reward. You're not going to come away from the system thinking, I'm going to stand up for something because it's right. You're going to do it because there's either reward or consequence involved being trained to enter the workforce as a valueless cog in the state.
10: Oh, won't somebody please think of the children?
13: I'm
17: a product of the public school system. Nobody ever taught me anything. I mean, I think we read the Declaration of Independence in the fifth grade, possibly. But I think the the, the school systems are designed to keep people uninformed and to not understand the scope of their rights and where they come from. I think the powers that be would ultimately love everyone to believe that their rights come from the state. Developing them to
7: not question authority. We're developing them to be entitled, that the government will take care of them from cradle to grave. These efforts have been pretty successful. We have whole generations of kids that are being raised to not think like free people. To think like slaves, to think like they don't have self-determination.
18: To be able to control the masses, you have to get rid of them. Because if you don't, you can't control those people.
4: Hello, New York!
9: A <laughs> of
16: the old saying, divide and conquer. It's easier to manage a population when you have two primary belief
7: systems. You're either A or you're B. These people are conditioned to think a certain way and support a certain team. You know, they pick their winning team, whether it's Democrat or Republican. And then that's their guy. And it doesn't matter what that person votes for. As long as their guy wins, things are going to be different. It's all theater. It's just political theater. We go from rule based on constitutional law to rule based on a cult of personality. Well, he might be wrong, but he's my president, so I'm going to stand with him. That's a very dangerous mode of thinking. Do you support freedom and the American Constitution, or do you support this person? We've all seen where that led in Cambodia and Russia and Germany.
18: Beach Bush and Cheney, everybody's got to obey the laws. Vote for Democrats. Obama, yeah!
16: Woo! The path to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. You
18: know, Obama's
11: just as
4: bad as the rest of them why you say that? I'll make our government open and transparent. I intend to close Guantanamo and I will follow through on that. We will bring an end to this war. I will be held accountable. These are bills that Congress ran up. Cut the deficit we inherited by half. You will not see your taxes increase one single day. If I don't have this done in three years, then there's going to be a one-term proposition. The Obamanoids,
12: you're going to have 20 to 25 percent of the American public who will always support Obama no matter what he does because their own ego is on the line and they won't admit it. Tax
16: bills are not facts. All of- the
8: re-elect President
7: Obama! What's yeah. your
12: favorite thing about President Obama?
7: There's a million different reasons.
12: I think it's truthful.
5: It was for public education. Yes,
10: everybody in
7: Cleveland, low minority, got Obama
18: phone. Okay. Obama in okay, president, okay, yeah. you know. His public speaking skills yeah. are uh, mad. Uh, uh,
17: uh, so smart, a you shine up, you on full steps, steps. you on social security. security,
11: you got low income, you disability.
17: He okay, just
10: you
4: knows what got.
10: to do. Rami, he sucks, got you know going to me.
4: I can give you hundred reasons. Give me three. Three main reasons.
3: And the American people have been complacent over the last several decades. They've enjoyed unparalleled prosperity. And let's face it, the average American on the street, he, he's not interested in what's happening in Kuwait. He could care less about Libya or something else. And so if you tell him, well, listen, we're bombing for democracy. Goodness, freedom, human rights. So he said, okay, it doesn't affect him. He doesn't have to go. The children don't have to go. There doesn't appear to be any risk to him. Now that's changing.
8: He's done everything Bush did, but more. Oh, I don't agree with that. He had to
17: continue what was started. You can't just say, okay, we're done.
12: Well, sure, he didn't end the wars, but there are wars now, so we're in support of it. And, oh, well, sure, he hasn't completely pulled out of Iraq, but at least he's reducing the number of troops there. Oh, so it's it's diet tyranny. It's tyranny light now.
18: So a lot of other reasons why I'm going to vote for Obama. Hearing
8: that stuff honestly doesn't change it.
12: I'm a good. Most of the policies he's put in place, I agree
4: with that. And he's challenging the status quo. Well, he is the status quo. <laughs> Obama's going to
15: take us
18: forward. I play. To be a servant to our president and all mankind because, because together, together we, we can, together can together we are and together, together we, we will be, be the change that
8: we seek i know people who have destroyed relationships with their families when they realize that their neocon uncle and their liberal Cousin weren't just well intentioned, that they were creating a justification for coercive government and ideology, that they were externalizing their own desires to control others, and that that was reflected in those relationships. But if that's the case, those weren't healthy relationships to begin with. I want non-violence. I'm yes, so do I. No, you don't. You're an Obama supporter. Does that you that think he wants thing? to go kill people with drone strikes? Well, then that's why, what he wants to do? He orders it done, so I would assume All right, you're so. out of your mind.
6: There's a certain point, there's no more deniability. They can't say, oh, I didn't know, or, or I didn't understand.
5: As humans, each of us have a world view, and that world view is usually formed in great part by the
19: culture we grow up in. When we hear information that contradicts our worldview, social psychologists call the resulting insecurity cognitive dissonance.
17: When your beliefs are challenged, fear and anxiety are created. Denial, which is probably the most primitive
7: psychological defense, is the one most likely to kick in.
9: Accept propaganda
10: from their government that if it came from the Soviet Union,
13: they would have laughed at. But it comes from the Pentagon, and they get down
10: and worship. They, they go around looking for ways to defend the problem.
7: You can find people all over that will say that we should end the war, but they have a lot of trouble saying that when they meet a soldier.
10: I don't give a shit about the civilization. We threw up our fucking country. That's bullshit.
12: The bravado of the current U.S. military forces. It's definitely about psychological conditioning. It's the idea that when life and death is on the line, you cannot afford to believe anything but the fact that you are the biggest, baddest force on the face of the earth. Like they say, you know, yeah, I walk through the valley the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley. It's
13: like a big video game that I can watch on my TV. And it's Patriotism means that you support everything the government wants. A true patriot defends liberty and the people.
10: Well done, man. Well done.
7: So we condition them and we convince them that their cause is just and that their enemy is subhuman and not worthy of living. And the American people, honestly, play a role in that.
18: brave soldiers have come from a combat zone defending our freedoms. Let's give them a round of applause. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't buy into that, really? I'm given tax breaks for being a veteran. I'm given discounts on my car insurance. i can go to the commissary, you know, tax-free groceries. I get all the benefits I could ever want in the military. Why would I question that?
7: Honestly, as a vet, it's gotten to the point now where it's so insincere um, when you meet people and they say, oh, thank you for your service. It's like, You know, what do you know about my service? What do you know about what I've gone through and what I've been through?
12: They don't realize the bigger pieces of the grand chessboard that is at play. And right now you guys are in a shooting war with people who are supposedly such a threat to our liberties. We have to demonize liberty in this country now because it could result in a nuclear biological or chemical attack by a bunch of people who don't even have an air force. They don't have political cohesiveness in these regions of the world. They don't have cultural cohesiveness. You've got all these different Muslim sects that hate each other. And can't get along, we're supposed to believe that if we're too free in this country, we'll all be exposed to an attack from these elements.
3: When we went into Afghanistan in 2001, we had one real tangible concrete objective, and that was to find and either capture or destroy Osama bin Laden and his supporting crew we missed the boat, we failed. But if you trace back how this happened, this certainly had nothing to do with the special forces on the ground. It had everything to do with decisions made at a higher level. And again, when you go into Iraq in 2003, we, we take a, a an operation that should have been over in a week and we drag this out for two and a half weeks. We arrive in Baghdad and no one knows what to do. No action was taken. The general simply said, well, we, we haven't been given orders.
10: Son of a bitch.
3: talking about a group of people that have risen to very high levels by deliberately doing nothing. Because if you do nothing, you make no mistakes. And in most cases, the American soldier, sergeant, lieutenant, captain, marine, sailor, air, it doesn't matter, he'll figure it out and get it right. Well, the problem is that we ran into a set of circumstances where that didn't work. They couldn't make it right. They couldn't muddle through. They couldn't just shift the burden of decision-making to the lowest level and hope for the best. And so ultimately you end up with the opposite outcome, where everyone is micromanaged, everyone is tightly controlled, while the people at the top try to figure out what it is that they're supposed to do and how to do it. And this drags on for many, many years. And then finally in 2007, with this so-called surge, the civil war is effectively over, the Shiites have already won, and somebody decides, well, we need to go in and do something to create the illusion that we've won something, we can't just leave. So we sacrifice a thousand good American soldiers, killing large numbers of Sunni Muslim Arabs and a few Shiites, and then anybody we can, we buy off with hundreds of millions of dollars in cash. This was a strategic catastrophe from the vantage point of our friends and allies in the Middle East, and now it's irreversible.
7: So we uh, pump these soldiers full of experimental vaccines. We send them out with, you know, the equipment made by the lowest bidder into these combat zones. We have soldiers who are coming home, they look at all this, and they say, well, it seems like that was wrong, but how could I admit that that was wrong because I was a part of it?
10: Thank you welcome.
12: I mean, if if the American public can't tell you this, if we have to serve, you always come across that mentality, too. Oh, you didn't serve, you
7: don't know. I was over in the Persian Gulf getting ready to liberate Kuwait, which is a kingdom, a dictatorship, and here I am liberating their oil assets from Iraq. I thought I was doing the right thing, too. And it's really hard to look back on that and say, hey, you know, that military conflict that I was in, that my friends died in, that I got shot at in, I have nightmares about? I guess that really should have never happened.
3: And unfortunately, the media has worked tirelessly to ensure that this truth doesn't reach the American people.
12: You all remember those clips in the old days, with black and white, and you'd see the news guys. They'd always go up, and they'd be in people's face with the big flash bulbs. You know, Senator, Senator, this happened, this happened. You'd always hear you know, politicians being held accountable, and they're always being asked questions, and you don't see that anymore.
9: Leaders have found a way to call the masses into their own ideal sets. And whether that's through bread and circus, such as the Roman Empire, or today through the mainstream media, they get to decide that yes, you're going to be obsessed with American Idol for over a decade, and when that starts to wane, you know what, we'll come up with Dancing with the Stars,
17: and let's really be concerned about who wins the Super Bowl. Three
16: keys to power are banking, the media, and politics. If you own the banks, you can buy the media, you can buy the politicians. If you own the media, you can control what people see, what people think, you can largely shape the culture, you can create and shape people's fears, people's desires, the perceptions that they have of events.
11: In high definition... Get out of here. Watch, me. Watch me! Watch me! Watch
14: me! In 1975,
16: there was a Senate investigation committee called the Church Hearings, which actually uncovered that the CIA was paying, under the table, mainstream media outlets. 250 million dollars a year to act as gatekeepers and propagandists. In today's terms, that's a billion dollars a year. Of course, they say they don't do that anymore, but it's foolish to think that they don't. Why do you think the top story is the top story on all major networks?
9: Carl Cameron. He'll tell you straight up, I can't answer anything unless it comes from my editors. I can't unless I've got it approved from media relations. I, got it. I can only talk in front of my own camera. We talk about Building 7. Talk about Building 7, help educate the public.
13: If you get video of Sarah Palin or get a soundbite from her, bring that back to us.
4: You can hold the Ron Paul stuff.
3: <laughs> we single out something that the media likes to talk about, such as the Trayvon Martin Ron issue, Martin but we don't talk about the much more serious events that are already well underway.
6: You can't say that this isn't interesting. You can't say that this isn't newsworthy. Obviously, there is a blackout in effect.
3: The mainstream media, though, wants to stay in business. And if they suddenly discover that the people listening to them don't want that
12: message, they'll change their tune. A lot of them are doing solid investigative journalism. Watergate, people were held accountable. People were fired. People were demoted. People were dealt with. There There were prison sentences handed out. At least there was the illusion of some kind of
11: accountability back then. There are, there are operations. This one has become has gotten a great deal of publicity.
3: Yeah, they're dead Americans as a result of this failed and reckless program.
12: The American citizenry now, like you've said, Fast and the Furious, it's they've done a great job. We just don't give a shit. First of all, I think that they shouldn't give us too much information
13: because anything that you and I can watch on television, our enemies can watch. It's better to not say too much.
12: The mainstream media can actually do its job, and it doesn't matter. The American public is now in a state of apathy, almost a state of numbness. Like, I think going back to, again, the feelings of powerlessness, the idea that the powers that be are in control, they're the experts, let them handle it.
13: 45 states across the country
19: have adopted new standards known as Common Core.
9: Got drones in the desk right next to the textbook. Run tests and then tests what less look. Look at this, these heads in the mess, but I got this to I don't want to go to the jail neither. It's illegal for me to be the teacher. Let's sanction by the state agenda. K through 12, where the fuck do we end up? Here is: Is there federal it's dollars not tied not to no
7: it or even federal waivers putting pressure on? Jail local school boards to have to teach a certain way or a certain curriculum. We condition the kids, what do we condition the kids to do? We tell them always share, always work in teams, and that's a good lesson on some level. But what we don't teach the kids is that it's okay to work hard and earn and, and benefit from that. The prevailing attitude in America today is almost that you should be ashamed to be successful, you should be ashamed to be rich. And that if you are rich, the assumption is that you got rich by taking from somebody else. What's your name?
9: Mike. Mike, you here with this uh, Occupy Movement? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about it? I think it's great, man. What do you you think is great about it? Um, Everything. What are they doing? They're chilling.
6: you You guys are in the process of forming the
17: reasons why you are here. Exactly correct.
9: Why are you here? My interpretation is uh, a lot of people have had some hard bumps in life that want things to be free, more entitlements. We
13: have to ask a couple basic questions. The first basic question, what should the role of government be? Should the role of government be there to run the entitlement system? Should we believe this, this story that entitlements are rights? Do people have a right to medical care? Do they have a right to a food, a right to a house? I said, no, they don't. They have a right to their life, they have a right to their liberty, and if they had a right to keep their property, then they would be able to afford it. When government does it, they end up not getting anything.
18: The
11: lie that's at at the core of collectivism is that this is all for the collective. It is all for the good of the collective. Once they get you to swallow that lie, any other lie they tell in service of that, is not a
12: lie. And a lot of the people out there in activism are embracing big government. They think that big government should be used for our benefit, that they can use it for our benefit. And the argument being, again, that you can't. That kind of control central power, That's it's too much control for any one group.
4: I'm a warrior for the middle class. And I do think at a certain point you've made enough money.
7: They're saying that if you have more personal wealth than we think is necessary, and we're going to give it to people that don't have any personal wealth.
13: Have the moral high ground and say that we are going to take care of the poor, what do they do? Welfareism and inflationism
7: and socialism, they produce the poor. It's not in the best interest of the people that run welfare programs to get people off welfare. Their funding is based on the number of clients that they have. Well, if they get a client off welfare, they get a client a job, then they lose that client. They lose that client's money. Because you've got to remember, it's a skimming game. For every dollar that goes to a person on welfare, $10 is used to support that system. All these entitlement programs will go on forever if you let them because they will encourage people to become entitled. Well, I can work for minimum wage, or I can just quit my job and go on welfare if I have kids. Welfare is a better deal because I still get the money and I don't have to work.
3: We have cultivated this large underclass
16: that has made itself dependent upon government, and government has encouraged that. The ruling elite love to create a nanny state, because then you'll go along with their plan. You're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. We have historically been
3: a bottom-up society. We're not a top-down society. You can't make someone equal economically to someone else by giving them something. Are you going to hear Mr. Obama talk in those terms? No. Mr. Obama says everyone gets everything for nothing in perpetuity. Don't worry. We'll print money. You can all be permanently dependent upon us, and that's a good thing.
7: Honestly, it's, it's almost like slavery. If you don't have the means to earn money to support yourself, then you're going to be dependent on the government for food, for clothing, for shelter, for everything you need to stay alive.
12: Because after all, look up the definition in the dictionary of slavery. It's ultimately boiled down to one word, dependence. If you are dependent upon anything other than yourself to provide for yourself, you are a slave.
3: The idea of self-reliance is gone. The idea of independence and individual freedom, the respect for private property, all of these things is gone. No, 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 no. We can confiscate wealth from people that create it and give it to those who have none, and that will fix things. We've transferred 16 trillion in wealth since 1965 to the so-called underclass. The only thing the underclass has done is get bigger.
7: We become dependent on the government for our basic needs. The next step is we lose our personal freedoms, because then starvation becomes a weapon.
3: Now, if the food stops, if the free services stop, and I think that could easily happen, because I I think this whole giant federal edifice could go under, then you're going to have problems in many of these urban areas. In fact, you've already got them in the form of these flash mobs that are moving in and out of stores and, and essentially overwhelming... Uh, the people that are there. So this has already begun. It's just not covered in the media. We don't talk about it.
13: But today we think too much of the wealth and believe that government provides this rather than understanding that wealth and prosperity comes from freedom and productivity and not from the government. When we had a freer market and sounder money and limited government, the middle class in this country was the largest middle class in the history of the world and it was the wealthiest middle class in the world.
4: I think there should be some changes. We should learn from what happened at Sandy Hook. I feel really bad. That's how change happens.
15: The most ancient divide in politics remains to this day the fundamental divide. The legalists, as they were called, And they were chiefly the people in the governing class, just as they are today. And we would call them totalitarians, who believe that every aspect of our lives should be dictated and ruled and pushed around by government. On the other side, what the Chinese used to call the Confucians, the libertarians, the live and let live again, the free marketeers, the small government men, the small taxpayers,
11: us. Instead of a political continuum being a line from left to right, it was really a circle. And that all political systems had to be judged by the amount of bodies that they stacked up. At the bottom of the circle, cheek by jowl, was communism, Nazism. Moving up the scale, you had socialism, fascism, all of the various collectivisms that subordinate the individual. And at the top was the Constitutional Republic of the United States free man, free markets, rule of law, ordered liberty.
12: Obviously there's not been justice for, you know, minorities and such in this country. We all know that. But given that we at least tried with the concepts of liberty, worked out pretty well.
6: I mean, our government's supposed to be, well, first of all, transparent, but also should be doing our will. They're just our representatives. I respect the Constitution, in order they respect the will of the people. They presume that they're, that they're somehow, you know, the appointed elite believe they were born in spurs on their feet and the rest of us are born with saddles on our backs and ridden. This is the attitude they have. It's, it's really kind of modern royalty.
0: It's
11: perfectly expressed that you know, we are the board. you will surrender to us. They presume up front that they have the right to direct you because of this larger idea that, oh, by the way, only serves their interest. That's the big lie of collectivism because it isn't even about collective; it's about personal power of the people who direct the collective.
15: They hate the idea that ordinary, smelly people should be allowed to have a say when government should, in their view, be in the hands of the great, the good, and deserved, witnesses. a new aristocracy of blackbirds.
7: we talk about the conditioning of our kids and the conditioning of our military and our police and we talk about the political conditioning that people are undergoing what we're really talking about is a social movement changing the way people think in terms of what it means to be free and what it means to be a person. The Declaration of Independence said we hold these truths to be self-evident. What the Founding Fathers were saying there was this is obviously the way it is. There's no question that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. What they're saying there is that, plain and simple, by the nature of being a human being, you simply are allowed to be free, to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That might be one of the reasons the Constitution is not taught in our public schools,
13: because if we raise up a new generation of individuals, they might realize that this whole system of government is
16: unconstitutional. We shouldn't have document is the only thing that's gonna save us and if Barack Obama refuses to follow it as he has demonstrated time and time again,
9: nothing's gonna change, folks. If you live under a dictatorship, a communistic dictatorship, of course you're not gonna love it. You know, nobody loves it. Right. They didn't let people leave. Right, yeah.
6: They killed people. They they literally shot and killed people who try to leave Poland. Capitalism, people prosper. Socialism, people die millions
16: no,
10: no, 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 no. you
6: know lady i was born in USSR. i lived there for
1: 29 years really Dead. and this is one of the mass murderers chigirar is he's a mass murderer no you don't think so no.
9: you don't
10: think you're so. you're an
1: exile really okay, you're one of the good, rich good people luck. they threw good. out of the country because you're robbing the people
9: yeah good luck with that they used luck to give you cards. Cards, like stamps like food stamps and you used to go in the store and you, you had no you had no choice of what to buy and they always tell me you know you're spoiled you get all these
12: gifts for christmas
11: yes. for christmas we got meat the individual matters not a thing that's why they define peace as the silence imprisonment or death of their enemies and to believe anything else is to deny a reading of human history they
7: grow wheat they grow- and then they would turn it all into the collective, and they expected to get something back. Well, the quotas were too high. They didn't get anything back. So you literally had people growing their own food, turning over to the government, and then starving
12: to die. You have rationing of food in any controlled economy. They reduced the people to utter dependency, and that's how the Soviet Union had their way with people for decades.
7: People
9: died. Thousands of people died. My dad might put his whole life on the line to come here because he saw it as a beacon of freedom. He saw it the complete opposite of what he was living under in Poland. That was his major goal, is to get a way where I could have an opportunity to live my life in freedom and not be ruled by, you know, the elites.
11: Ultimately, I grew disaffected from communism, first because of the revelations of the killing fields in, in Southeast Asia. I had cheered when Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos fell. And, uh, Then the revelations started coming out about massacres of innocents. This is evil. This is evil as the Nazis. Gee, there's a revelation. I mean, they called them national socialists for a reason, and they were socialists. The nice thing about being uh, an ex-communist, and you sort of, you sort of get this along with the shame of it, and it is a shame. I, I, there's not a day goes by that, that if I think of that period I don't feel Benedict Arnold looking over my shoulder and all ex-communists are that way because we realize how, how wrong we were but that's why we make the best anti-communists because we know all the lies we've got to make sure that those lies don't triumph we've got to make sure that we atone for what we did back when we were the liars.
6: After the revolution, all these guys who helped the revolution wound it being victims of Stalin right. because they, they had torn down any protections of the individual. Right. They were gone.
18: So if you're a hard right winger, if you're a hard left winger, if you've participated in the Hegelian dialectic, you've served your purpose. You're what they call the useful idiot. They
6: don't care about you. Once you have fulfilled your role for them, once you are no longer useful, useful to them, they just cast you aside. And we've, we've seen this in every war that's been fought in this
3: country. You demoralize the force, and ultimately you drive the best people out. And the people that you're left with are staying there because they may not have any alternative. They may be injured, badly wounded, psychologically traumatized. They may need uh, medical attention. There are all sorts of reasons, but my point is, tell the soldier hopefully the truth. But we haven't been telling everybody the truth, and that's my point. The soldier figures that out. He's not stupid. I'm talking about somebody that leads the fob you know, the forward operating base. But even those who don't ultimately get it, and what they figure out is that there's nothing here that really justifies the loss of his life. Now, that's a very bad thing for a soldier. We're expected to sacrifice our lives in action to win. But the soldier recognizes there's nothing here to win. Now, when armies march down that particular lane, you, you have enormous problems.
7: Soldiers are, for all intents and purposes, U.S. government property, and that's where the term G.I. comes from. The G.I. stands for government issue. And when Henry Kissinger said military men are like dumb, stupid
8: animals to be used as pawns in our foreign policy, that kind of summed it up.
13: I think of the story of the early days of World War One on Christmas Eve, when they took a pause and the Germans and the British started singing Christmas Carols, and they finally got together and exchanged gifts and had a Christmas tree. And then in a day or two later,
8: the hard might of the government comes in and says, you will not have peace. You must go back to shooting and killing each other again. Dwight Eisenhower, in his farewell address from the presidency, said that we should beware of the military-industrial complex. It is fully metastasized today into a cancer on our society that takes... The best and brightest, and the most nobly intent, who would put their lives on the line to defend fellow Americans, and puts them into these bullshit wars that have nothing to do with national defense.
18: Uh, Took a couple casualties. You hear about people being battle tested. This one tested the voice.
3: And we've paid a terrible price for it. What? 1.4 trillion is a minimum. That doesn't even begin to address the massive consequences and the damage we've done to ourselves. It doesn't talk about the enormous losses we've inflicted on the people in the region because, remember, no one cares how many people we've killed or maimed or or wounded.
13: We've lost close to 9,000 Americans in this period of time, 44,000 severe injuries. We have hundreds of thousands of veterans today begging and pleading for help. We have an epidemic. It is morally okay to launch a war. On the most absurd, transparent pretext, killed maybe a million people, displaced four million people, and this is mainstream. That's
4: a
10: mainstream
19: position.
4: As a result of this work, and cooperation with allies and partners, the world is more stable than it was five years ago.
12: People forget that when there are these numbers, you can't possibly conceive that millions have been killed in the war in Iraq, for example, because we're such a compassionate military force. People people forgetting statistics don't always account for the birth defects and miscarriages. Depleted uranium is essentially an industrial waste byproduct, and what better way to make money of something you don't have to worry about spending money on disposing of safely, right, than to turn it into a weapon. This is a very dense material, a very dense compound, safer for anti-armor. The problem is it leaves thousands of years worth of radioactivity behind, and if you look at children that are being born in Iraqi Kurdistan in particular where they use a lot of depleted they use it a lot everywhere anyway you've got massive deformities and gigantism and
15: other things high rates of cancer,
5: leukemia, and infant mortality were found here than in Hiroshima and Nagasaki
12: these babies are doomed to die these are untold, thousands if not millions of lives that are being killed even before they're born those are the true costs of modern warfare. You don't hear about our weapons of mass destruction, do you?
8: Dear any American who thinks this Boston massacre is a big deal, but never protested a war, go fuck yourself. In Iraq, from the end of the first Gulf War to the start of the current occupation in 2003, sanctions on the country led to the deaths, conservatively estimated, of half a million. Iraqi children. That's like 45 Boston massacres per day in Iraq for a decade. One every half hour, and they're not being blown up in explosions. So these are the ones dying slowly, painfully, starving to death. Did you cry over that? Did you protest? Did you do anything to voice any opposition to what Madeleine Albright, then Secretary of State, called acceptable collateral?
12: You can't say that you are a Christian, that you believe in the sanctity of all life, support someone like George W. Bush, and go bombing people in the Stone Age and taking their shit. That's immoral. You can't have it both ways and then say, oh, but I'm going to oppose abortion. You either are or you are not. I can respect someone a whole lot more like a, like a Zygmunt Brzezinski or Henry Kissinger who just outright says it. Just outright says, we're going to take it because we fucking can't. And if you oppose that, try and stop us. At least we know where they stand. But with the common American, you want to have it both ways. We are dropping clouds on crowded cities at night where old people and children are
13: sleeping.
0: And we're watching it on CNN. <laughs> what are we doing with all these wars?
8: How are we safer? No! This is a product of the emotionally stunted state that Americans have been lulled into to be told when to cry, when to care, when to mourn, when to shut up and go along with the plan and keep paying your taxes. They don't hate us because we're free. They hate us because we're myopic, patriotic idiots who allow ourselves to be so emotionally manipulated that when something like this happens the result is more brown people on the other side of the planet die
13: make good progress and we'll continue to
8: work together
15: to achieve freedom and peace
12: if you consider yourself to be a moral person you have to be opposed to this if you do not care about morality well at least you're being honest but I think we've got a nation an entire nation of sheep
10: our enemies are not 7,000 miles from home. They sit in boardrooms. They are not the many women who are standing on this police line. They are the millionaires and billionaires who control this planet, and we've had enough of it.
9: I will not be a part of that anymore. These medals don't mean anything to me, and they can have them
4: back. And I choose human life over war, militarism, and imperialism.
8: You are deluded. And your delusion is dangerous and it is getting people killed. And your attitude, your tribalism, your personal identity, because you choose you want to be an American before you want to be a human being, it's disgusting.
6: I'm sorry
12: to all of you. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I didn't serve. You're the one serving.
17: got the media propaganda arm, which keeps us loving our own slavery. Then you've got the financial system, which keeps us dependent on them. Then you've got the police state to keep physical control over us.
12: They're pulling you over and they're giving you tickets for not the breaking of laws, but statute infractions. Statutes are just basically designed as hidden taxes on the public. It's just a way to generate revenue. You
9: and me both. I mean, thank you for swearing to the oath of the Constitution, sir, but this is a statute violation, which is an Admiral Maritime Law. Which is. Not again! Maritime <laughs> Law, right? Um, which is like a sea bound ordinance. Basically, when you see the gold feathers on the flag, it means you're stepping into a courtroom that's run by Admiral Maritime Law, which is in violation of the common law, which is the constitutional law. But entering into that courtroom, you're agreeing to go before a banker instead of a judge. So that way they levy fines and judgments against you. Nate, is this what we're going with? This mean, is, is, is this we're trying no, no, this is the reality. This is the truth. We're seeing if it'll get us anywhere. All right, all right. All right. You want a Ron Paul sticker? You guys got room in there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, let's put-
12: We've already set that precedent. It's gotten the police able to accept the fact that they are basically revenue generators and not law enforcement officials. This country, again, was founded on the principles of the rule of law rather than the rule of a class of people or a rule of an oligarchy. It's the idea of the, it's a concept. It's just an idea that they are not beholden to an individual but to the rule of law.
1: I will instruct the jury on what the law is. I object. You
12: That's are fine, not sir. a
13: judge. You are an executive administrator. Okay. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled there are no judicial courts in America. There has not been since 1789. Judges do not enforce statutes and codes. Executive administrators enforce statutes and codes. All right, we're done.
7: Now remember what I said before about government programs. The welfare programs are not designed to get people off welfare. They're designed to keep people on welfare and recruit new people to be on welfare. Well, internment programs are not designed to keep people from being interred.
13: 2.2 million people in prison. They say this is the most free country in the world.
7: All it comes down to, if we want to intern someone, is just making a rule, a law that they violate, you know, punishable by internment. The government doesn't have any control over law-abiding people. But if you make enough things illegal and you make the law difficult to comply with, then you get to the point where you can create criminals. Martha Stewart, her uh, stock trading was ruled by the court to be a legal act, but they sent her to prison anyway because she lied about it. I mean, she went to prison because she said she didn't commit a crime, but that's federal law. That's what we've created.
16: We got pages and pages and pages of arbitrary laws.
6: Two thirds of our prison industrial complex is filled with nonviolent, small time, drug possession offenders.
7: Law enforcement agencies get money to fund drug operations. Well, if they don't have any drug operations, they're not going to get any of that funding. And the amount of funding they get is contingent on the number of drug busts that they make. So what's the incentive there? Is it to reduce drugs in their community? Absolutely not. The incentive is to increase the amount of drug busts they get and push their stats up and then get more funding.
12: It's like, folks, this is billions and billions of dollars of your money being spent on financing a drug cartel. (laughs) That's shipping literally tons of uh, you know heroin, coke, you name it, into our across our borders. Same people who are financing that are putting you in jail if you dare to touch one of those drugs. I'm not advocating drug use. I'm just saying they're going to throw you in jail for consuming the drugs that they make billions of dollars in
7: profit off. Thousands of police officers out there have been convinced that marijuana is the most insidious, horrible drug on the planet. People are using it. Doctors are prescribing it. And yet our federal government still maintains that it's somehow an insidious, dangerous substance that people need to go to prison for 100 years if they're caught with a certain amount of it. They're arresting someone with an ounce of marijuana in their pocket and sending them to prison for five years and saying, there's nothing wrong with this because they told me that this drug is a threat to my way of life. We've created a class of citizen that can be interred in this country. Any one of us could wind up being moved into that little box based on some new law.
8: There are so many laws that the average American commits three felonies a day and they can arrest you at any time they feel like it and a cop can pull you over at any point you're on a public street and find something wrong with your vehicle and give you a ticket for it and steal some of your income and if you look at him crossways he can put you in jail and if you don't look at him crossways he can say that you did and put you in jail. That's the kind of arbitrary authority that exists in the police state in America
15: today.
7: assault rifles, we give them armored vehicles, helicopters, infrared.
0: That's what we woke up to this morning. Men with machine guns coming towards us.
2: We see a giant arms race against the American people. But not just here in the United States. Worldwide governments are massively increasing their spending for domestic control with a standardized police state that they've developed in third world countries that they've invaded and taken over.
4: Close your window.
18: Eight police forces that had the thought of cooperating with Homeland Security and the feds completely turning the whole concept of government on its head by saying that the federal government is here to protect us when really the founding fathers designed the government to protect us from, from growth of government.
8: Ronald Reagan said the closest thing to eternal life is a government agency, and it's true because once you give them the funding to do things with, at best, a warped system of accountability, they're going to take that power entrusted in them to keep their own paychecks going, not by serving people, but by serving that twisted system of approval for that funding.
10: There's a light.
9: You can see examples of the gray state in our modern time just by simply walking down the street and looking at authority figures that you have to deal with. You can see that uh, a lot of authorities are becoming more militarized just by in the way they look, in the way they act, and uh, the way that they uh, treat us.
8: If you have an honorable discharge from the military, it's pretty easy to get a job in any police force in America. We see people coming home from war, taking those jobs, and bringing that mentality of the military occupation to domestic law enforcement, and so that does have an actual effect on the relationship between individual officers and citizen subjects.
12: I was uh, confronting Carl Rove on war crimes with Colleen Rowley and others. The police escort that he had with his entourage was younger guys. Cut very fit. You know, we all like to joke about the donut eating cop who's overweight and couldn't run a mile to save his life. These guys are, these guys are cut. And the look in his eye when I was disobeying him, he wanted to hurt me. He wanted to hurt me. I even called him out on it. I said, you want to hurt me right now, don't you? You really do. Let me guess, you were over in Iraq, weren't you? And he says, we need to leave. We need you to leave right now. I'm like, well, isn't that a bitch? Because I bought a copy of Karl Rove's book here, so I'm a customer. I'm not loitering, am I? This guy, he wanted to hurt you. If he had been given the order by his higher-ups to beat the living piss out of me, he would have not hesitated. So you have a lot of guys coming out of that mentality of
8: the dehumanization of the enemy that is how we impose martial law in Iraq and Afghanistan and applying
7: that in the United States. We see this militarization of the law enforcement and we combine that with the conditioning that we do. They're not even people, they're bad guys, they're criminals, they're enemy, they're drug users. So these people are inherently evil, and we are absolutely good, and we have the best high tech equipment and weapons, and we are going to squash this enemy. Well, it goes back to the ego again and the badass mentality, and
12: then the police want that because, yeah, they don't want people questioning what they're doing. They want people who get off on power.
4: Shut your mouth, I'm talking! I am Officer Rivieri. Now the sooner you learn that, the longer you're going to live in this world.
6: There's a intentional dumbing down of Americans. You all realize that. And that starts in public school. Pops in the military went to the same public school you and I did. And they didn't learn their history, didn't learn their heritage, didn't learn the Constitution. And so, but, they're not all bad. I'm sure joined the police and military because in their hearts, they saw themselves as a hero. And they wanted to be a hero and they wanted to be a, a defender and a guardian. And so the best of motives, but if they don't know the Constitution and they don't understand the basic principles about, you know, rights, they can be easily manipulated and twisted into becoming just an enforcer, just a law enforcer.
7: I often talk about how things seem to be going in cycles. And how history repeats itself, and how, like we have the Occupy movement, is the Hooverville of today.
6: With the Occupy movement, we saw militarized police uh, using weapons used in uh,
7: foreign wars against protesters domestically. These Occupy Wall Street people are dissenting, and we need to crush them. Go to the
12: and you saw rows and rows and rows of militarized police and they assemble and put their shields together and start beating their shields, thump. It's psychological, it's designed to intimidate and create fear. I was just
18: pleading the cops, please don't tear gas us, we're completely peaceful, no one's facilitating any aggression and they just like tear gas all of us. Kids in strollers were in their moms and people were actually trampling each other to try to get out.
9: On, not even headlights. It's walking and all of a sudden.
6: Oh shit! Oh shit!
7: Oh Without a warrant, commandeered my vehicle, search and seized my home. I'm bust out of the car with the guns drawn. Got fucking
9: ground, lose your fucking hands, don't fucking move, block.
5: Officers rushed to the car with guns drawn and even rifles out. One fatal shot was fired. Are you going to dig your hand on my pants or
9: something? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't.
13: The controversial
4: police in Anaheim started shooting me. I just really said I'm my
9: baby. Put <laughs> face into the drywall and asked if I was going to cooperate. If
18: I refuse, that makes me guilty. Right, what? I
7: complied under duress Stop
5: resisting. Stop resisting. Stop resisting! Stop resisting!
7: I was alone. I had no witnesses. I had resisted. I would have been busted up. Could have been more.
5: He saw a police officer shoot Patricia Cook to death in this church parking lot. You got
9: down in the street. Five, five more
13: times.
8: I wish I knew what was going on. The American people refuse to be terrorized, except by our own fucking government. As an American, you are eight times. More likely to be killed by a cop than by a terrorist.
4: I would rather go to jail than be
5: dead. Police in the investigation. No charges have been filed.
4: There was no jury. A judge was the sole decider. He says police videos like these
5: should be used to protect police, not go after them.
10: Show your fucking head!
2: You're pushing people's backs against the wall out there. We got people out there starving, and people tired of getting terrorized by law enforcement. Well, I shouldn't say law enforcement. I don't support law enforcement whenever they support the law. I'll just call them enforcement. I told you to Stop!
9: Kick in the window.
12: Can you hear me? We've had police and law enforcement. We talk to them, confront them with facts about so what's going you on. You got
9: a constitution. You got sworn oath to uphold it.
12: They say, "I don't know," and I don't care. I think we're at a point with the economy where they don't give a shit. I don't think they're trying to justify it morally. They truly don't give a shit. It's the idea that I have to do this. It's orders, and if I don't, my pension's gone and my career is over.
6: There's
16: that balance, though. It's like, well, you can protect what you, but then your livelihood, the economy, and
17: I can stand up for that, but then how am I going to provide for my kids?
12: It's pretty easy to abandon the rule of law when you're following the rule of number one, which is take care of you and yours. I think that's the modus operandi of most police. And then you have the truly sadistic 10% of them who just simply get off on it. Not only do they just not care, but they they revel in it. It's the idea that you know it feels good to be dressed up like this. You know it feels good to have power over other people.
8: There are yes sick police officers and individuals within government who get off on exerting authority unjustly and get off on violating your rights. But that's not the driving factor. That's a consequence of the scam that is government and of the status paradigm.
10: Shut
6: you up. It's the First Amendment issue, it I can take pictures.
10: It doesn't matter. I know my rights. I don't, don't give a shit! This is a police state! This is a police state!
7: A law is not something to be taken lightly. And we have the law being used as a weapon against the citizens. And the question is, you know, why does the federal government feel like the solution to these problems is to declare war on us? Because that's really what it is. It's a war on freedom. It's the war on us. There's
19: always a, a, a danger when you think about government actions and policy to consider big conspiracies or even small conspiracies when actually sort of incompetence and laziness can accomplish the same things by the ones climate that control change. the money and the media. It was no
18: conspiracy. Infowars.com. Man made climate change is a total fraud. Those are definitely chemtrails. So, job by the terrorists. terrorists didn't, we have to hunt them
17: down and kill them. Concrete, anything demolished. But a passport. A passport. Yeah, I love that. Clothes untouched from the plane. <laughs> to be found oh, by the yeah. FBI. Well, we got the passports of the hijackers. Why is it none of their names show up on the flight manifest? I believe what I believe. That's just not realistic.
9: We'll just believe anything.
18: Don't believe anything.
9: Don't believe what the media tells
13: you.
18: Rothschilds rule the world. Rockefellers rule the Dude, world. Dude, the Jews run the world. Everyone's brainwashed. This is what they,
10: they want. They want
9: us beat. fighting amongst each other.
18: They're going to put us in FEMA camps.
9: You know, th- these are consequences of
12: sin. It always boils down to sin.
17: You don't know what a FEMA camp is? It's no,
12: guys working for them. So then, Who was responsible for for 9-11 what do you mean a bunch of pissed off muslims
17: yeah what are you retarded
13: <laughs> shortly after 9-11 within a week or two there was a bill brought to the floor that had been floating around the congress for several years but it never had enough support and they couldn't get it passed but after 9-11 they said now is the time that we'll pass this wonderful bill that's going to protect the people the Patriot Act. But if they'd have called that a repeal of the Fourth Amendment Act, maybe it
9: wouldn't have passed so easily. The U.S. is funneling money into tracking systems that are threatening to make the
16: very concept of privacy a thing of the past. It's always the government that says, oh, if you don't have anything to hide, why are you worried about the Patriot Act? Why are you worried about all these spy systems and data mining? But yet it's those same people that hide in private, that meet in secret, under armed guards that won't disclose what they're doing but they want to see, hear, what we're doing. New televisions have cameras and microphones built in them, facial recognition scanners, audio voice recognition, so that is an open video camera and an open mic in your living room, in your bedroom, that any sophisticated hacker or the government could and do tap into at any time.
17: In New York City, they're implementing iris scanners. It's actually an app for the iPhone. We are five years away in New York from zero privacy.
12: Scientists are reportedly developing new technology aimed at
4: identifying anyone from much greater distances. Technology that uses physiological and behavioral recognition to identify people.
16: People thought that drones were just in Afghanistan and in Iraq. Now they're in America. Now they're arming them. Now they're putting facial recognition
19: scanners on the drones. When I worked in the agency, this was the day before, gigantic amounts of computerization. Everyone had a 201 file. Everything we knew about a target would include any comments that people had made about you, anything we'd overheard about you, five or six files each two or three inches thick. The amount of effort it took to go through something like that in paper format meant a good deal of the 20,000 employees in the CIA spent their time doing just that. In today's digital age, when you can go online and get 90% of a person's history just from open source... Your life is not your own as far as the government goes. You
4: can't have 100% security and also then have 100%
2: privacy. We're, we're going to have to make some choices. We see the globalists building a giant police state control grid and calling themselves technocrats. A technocrat is a group of dictators who use technology to control people.
19: It can be warrantless wiretaps and warrantless searches on your digital information. There's stuff out there that will suck your hard drive in 10 seconds or less. It's no big deal.
12: A
4: system touted as a national security necessity is being used to build a database where the biometric identity of millions of Americans will be gathered and
11: stored.
18: It is of no dispute that who you're calling, when, how long you're talking, what you're buying, all the stuff that happens on your smart device is being used. Now, at the time, there's no legal oversight as to what these fusion centers, as they're called, there's no oversight as to how they're going to use it, but it's there. So they're fusing databases, which is the concept of a fusion
17: center, from driver's license, criminal databases, social networking, they've added to that now.
19: The CIA could care less about all these social media because it's not sort of objective reporting on people, but the people who really care about that are commercial entities, and they're leading the way on the science of extracting all this information and coming up with algorithms to explain this person believes this, this person believes that.
17: Computer algorithms that they're using can track most people's habits and what they're going to do within a 94% accuracy rate. Google boasts about that.
19: Of course, now the CIA has noticed that, all right, and all they simply have to do is buy a commercial off-the-shelf product to find the people they really want to find
18: So if I use my iPhone to purchase a product, you know, it's flagged, it's under suspicion, I'm going on a list that will be, you know, tucked away for a later time.
19: That means that people can collect it and then look at when they want to. And they may only want to when all of a sudden you say, hey, I object to this. And they go, oh, well, let's take a look and see what would make you object to that. Let's see why you don't
18: like what we're doing to you. You haven't committed a crime yet, but the second that spectrum of crime shifts over to include whatever it is you are doing, they do know where you are. And now I can be targeted
17: politically. It's happened. People being targeted by the police state because of their political affiliations and people's children being taken away from them because they're critical of the government. If I go and, and try to
19: find out something about you and I have to do extraneous measures to do that, there should be no objection from you because if you're not doing anything wrong,
4: what have you got to hide?
14: But it's very hard to explain to people who don't get it because to them it's normal. They think it's just being open and they live in a world of reality shows. They want every little thought to be... Communicated. That's not an Orwellian dystopia. It's it's a Brave New World dystopia. It's a nightmare, but they don't know it. They're happy. So that that's the worst of all, really. Me?
9: Yeah, like what? Everything. Like what? Well, do you ever deposit or withdraw more than a thousand dollars in your bank account? Yes. Yeah, okay, so okay. Well, you're you get you get reported to the freaking Department of Homeland so, yeah. Security every so time you what? do that. So what? Why well, should I oh. worry? Because it's a. I don't mind uh, Verizon turning over records to the government. I don't think you're talking to terrorists. I know you're not, I know know
18: I'm not, so we don't have anything to worry about.
14: For them, it's logical. If they want to see me going to the football game, fine. I don't care, but actually, they are slightly modifying their behavior and they're less free as a result.
18: A lot of people say that they're just like, well, I have nothing to hide, so why should I care? That's not the point. The point is that when you have a tape recorder out on a table, you're not gonna say the same things that you would before. You're not gonna dissent as much. And that's the real suppression.
14: I'm worried that the new generation doesn't understand what privacy is because they've never had it and because everything is about sharing. And I mean, we probably the last generation who knew what it was like to be unmonitored. Therefore, we know what we're losing. But they'll never know.
19: So the question is, why don't you trust us? And I tell people, because I've been one of the people who are supposed to protect America. I'm just a person. I have likes, dislikes. I have opinions, and all that stuff bleeds through
7: to what I do. And they say, well, you can trust us because we're not going to misuse that. But they've proven over and over and over again that they will misuse it. J. Edgar Hoover had enemies lists, and he was working to make these people's lives miserable, and they were using all these federal powers to destroy people's lives.
4: By sifting through this so-called metadata, they may identify potential leads with respect to folks who might engage in terrorism.
13: We all know that their definition of terrorism in every government, every dictatorial regime inevitably starts going to
17: to the area of people who criticize what the government's doing. When you become a political target of the gray state, they're going to use anything they can. So if they can just look at your Facebook page without a warrant, now they can use that against you.
7: And I'm convinced there are certain politicians out there that if they could put their political opponents into camps, they would just do it. People say, well, that's ludicrous. No one would ever actually do that. Well, we did it. During World War II, we did it to the Japanese-Americans and some German-Americans as well. In fact, we even called them concentration camps. England did it in Ireland during uh, what they called the Troubles, euphemistically, where they would intern people at what they called Her Majesty's Pleasure. Now we're saying, well, we can do that too. All we have to do is call someone a terrorist, and we can lock them up pretty much as long as we want.
12: When the Patriot Act was introduced after 9-11, its most draconian measures were not exercised right away publicly. It was much more private. Well, now with the the passing of this new Senate bill, they're advertising, they're saying it's here now.
18: Have you heard of uh, posse comitatus? You know that, right?
0: I mentioned that today, but I am not familiar with it.
18: It strictly prohibits,
16: and it's very clear, that the military is not to be used against American citizens, not
18: to be active on American soil. Being military police. That's kind of our job too. Yeah, but not on not U.S. soil, right? Actually, we're going to be certified as U.S. soil. Law enforcement? Everything they go through to be certified, we're going to be doing the same thing. It's almost like we'll be going through
15: the academy like they did. Hey, look, you need to relax.
13: Stop. I don't know who you are.
12: You need to, are you, are you, have don't put your hands on your gun? Are you kidding go me? Go ahead and turn around for me, sir. I'm not turning around. All right, go ahead and step to your vehicle.
2: Am I being
6: detained? You're not being detained, but you're being questioned. What they're doing is turning the United States into Iraq, and, and that's really no, no exaggeration. The same legal structure that applies in Iraq under the laws of war is what they're claiming to be able to do here at home in the United States. There's no, no legal barriers anymore as far as they're concerned. And that any American citizen accused of being a terrorist ...does not deserve a jury trial, but instead will be an enemy combatant under the laws of war. Authorizing military force, that's killing you, military detention, and military
7: trial, or rendition to some foreign country. It seems like that could happen to anybody. All it takes is for a couple of people to say, hey, you're a terrorist, and you're going to get picked up. And you're not going to be able to talk to a lawyer, and you're not going to have any rights in that situation.
13: And when they say, I want my lawyer, you tell them, shut up. Institution guarantees due process, it does not
12: guarantee judicial process. If you had a family member of yours arrested for any reason, let's say just they say they're guilty of a crime, wouldn't you at least want to know? Wouldn't you want to know that the facts will be disputed in a court of law, and that they stand a chance, that if they are innocent, that that can be found? Or
7: they'll use one of the forms of torture that they've determined are actually not torture. It's all semantics. They say, well, this isn't torture, so we can do it. What they're saying now is this isn't internment, so we can do that too.
4: I have two words for you, predator drones. You will never see it coming.
2: You think I'm joking? The Nobel Peace Prize winner has just announced he has told the CIA that it can assassinate American citizens in violation of federal law and in violation of treaties to which the U.S. is a party. They don't write these
13: laws not to use them. I mean, where where does he get this power?
18: It's a huge change of presidential powers that has occurred. It's totally right and totally constitutional. It's right to kill anybody without the due process of law and have a kill list? Are you you kidding me?
8: Anytime bombs are used to target innocent civilians, it is an act of terror. What the hell does that make you, Mr. President? President Obama
2: has used more targeted killings than the Bush administration ever did. When the president can kill whoever he wants, then he's not a president anymore, he's a king. The United States just 50, 60 years ago was the example of the world for freedom. Now you notice our criminal government never criticizes Russia or China anymore because they can't. And China passed its own NDAA and said, hey, we can arrest and kill people secretly too.
12: Look, the Americans do it. It's just codifying into law. The United States Constitution and Bill of Rights are null and void.
16: We know what this can be used for later on, you know, because there's a reason you don't chip away at liberties, because at some point you end up with a tyranny. And the minute you stop fighting for that freedom, it, it's going to diminish and ultimately disappear. And once it's gone, we're not going to get it back.
10: I got three kids! I want them to grow up with freedom! Don't you want your kids to have freedom? They're not going to have it.
18: What I don't understand is how come more people aren't going to do it when it's so pleasingly obvious to so many of us. Is the conditioning really that pervasive?
9: God has ordained the police officers in a sense to restrain evil. We're to submit.
17: I support it completely. You support it completely? So indefinite detention for Americans and assassination of Americans, absolutely. Because Obama said it. Absolutely. All right. Happy Fourth of July. Why should people give a shit?
19: Well, because this is our country. This is our home. And we have rights uh, given to us by the Constitution. I think that the 1% just wants us to feel that these are privileges that they give us rather than our, essentially, God-given rights. ...to
4: the best of my ability preserve, protect, and defend. Observe, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. But I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws uh, in uh, American culture, and that the framers uh, had that same blind spot. What's frustrated people is, is that I have not been able to force Congress to implement every aspect of... What I uh, said in 2008. Our founders designed a system that makes it more difficult to bring about change than I would like.
15: Our ancestors
13: tried to protect us against this omnipotent type of power. That was the whole idea.
8: Our ideas are going to be imposed on other people by force. I'm saying no. It is unacceptable to ever do that. Persuasion and peaceful cooperation is the only sustainable way to get past these problems with society today.
12: Well, I mean. I obviously believe that my ideas are persuasive enough and beneficial enough to society that people should subscribe to them at the conclusions of their own reason and their own sense of right and wrong, but frankly, some people don't, and yes.
8: And at the end of the day, you'll use force against those people.
12: I believe that it's the role of the government to use force. So
8: you won't do it yourself. You'll hire someone else to do it, basically.
12: That's what a government is.
5: I'm really ready to get Obama in a second term, and I'm really ready for him to really grab the reasons his...
8: people are tempted to do violence, if you look at the psychological underpinning, it's fear, insecurity, and the desire to survive. That's why government propaganda is always fear-based, and the gray state is a way to control people, to keep them afraid, to keep them thinking that we need government.
4: Now, I know some people want me to bypass Congress and change the laws on my own. Believe me, the idea of, of doing things on my own is very tempting.
7: So what happens is we see these small erosions of our rights, and we get to the point where people say, well, can't you just live with that? If you say, no, I can't live with that, well, then people go, well, what kind of a net job are you that you can't live with that? And that's where we see the shift, the change happen. Over time, they say, well, why do we even have that right in the first place. Was that even necessary to have?
12: Like, like we were discussing earlier, when you have the news headlines covering Fast and Furious and the drug trade, arms trade, trafficking and no one cares. No one gives a shit.
17: Why doesn't that matter? doesn't matter to me. Is it because of oh uh, Obama or is it because he's a Democrat or just because you trust the government that much? Oh, all three. All three. So you trust the government and you would let them kill you because they know what's best? Absolutely say that one
1: more time? Absolutely.
17: Okay. Well, I don't even know what else to say at this point. Have a great day. Oh, my God. Yes, yes,
12: yes, the gray state is inevitable. It's coming. And yeah, it's technically it's already here. I
15: want to urge you, today's Viper searches
4: did not come from any particular threat. One TSA official says intelligence tells them they should be focusing on the highways as well as the air.
17: The menace of terrorism has mutated. Returning
9: military.
18: Homegrown terrorism is one of my biggest concerns.
1: It's happening in our own backyard. They're recruiting truck drivers into the First Observer Highway Security Program.
12: All have a role to play. Working together, we can all help secure our country. Well, what's suspicious activity? Again, in this sort of Orwellian nightmare we're descending into, people are not engaging in critical thinking skills, so suspicious activity is is intentionally vague. Because health of different people, anything's going to be suspicious.
7: During World War I, there was an organization called the Law and Order League. They would go out on the streets and they would round up men who were the draft age and would force them to prove that they either fulfilled their draft obligation or were not eligible for the draft. These weren't even agents of the government, these were just people. These people carried badges and they had all the authority of the federal government behind them.
10: Here's a kid! Obama's speech on, on race right America! Right. <laughs> yes, we can! Have our own dreams at the North Carolina's of your yes, yes, we
7: can! We have these pseudo-volunteer organizations now. Yes, we can! We really haven't defined what their role in all of this is either.
4: We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded.
18: Now we begin to appreciate the magnitude of our opposition This is not an obsolete single tyrant thousands of miles away who threatens everyone's freedom publicly, but a convoluted mess of legislation and social evolution whose enforcers believe that they are working in the best interest of all and whose ranks are filled by our own friends and neighbors. They say revolutions are won by the 3%, and that may be true. But the grey state, the real grey state, is the 97% who will not have their entitlements threatened by a minority. And at the first sign that these government subsidies will end, Will finally act to betray us. Um, People are getting
19: inured or conditioned to accept violence that's
7: not happening to them. And next thing you know, you've got people showing up on your front door saying, It's time to go. We changed the law, and now you fit.
10: What we have now is the illusion of a free republic. It's called incrementalization up into camps overnight. It was step by step. First they had to show their papers everywhere they went. Then they needed tattoos. Then they needed to relocate to labor camps. Then they were exterminated. We're gonna spread happiness. We're gonna spread freedom. Obama's gonna change it. Obama's gonna leave. Hey
12: They are prepping for an economic collapse, the likes of which no generation has seen in hundreds of years. This is going to be devastating to every American family. We
3: have printed and borrowed without limitation on a scale that the American people don't know. All of these things are going to come together. It's, It's kind of a perfect storm. We are already in the abyss
12: monetary empire is unfolding before our very eyes. People say, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Motherfucker, it's happening. It's happening right now. It's happening right now.
3: Uh, And thanks to Mr. Geithner's influence, we've already shipped trillions of dollars over to the European Central Bank in the hopes that they could postpone
12: this inevitable collapse. We are about to plunge headfirst into the third world, the prosperity you and I grew up with, the cheap access to food, clothing, fuel. Never again.
19: A future where the federal government literally controls distribution of power, food, water, is only one sort of widespread disaster away. We have 48 million people on food stamps right now. So when the
12: economy collapses, literally millions, tens of millions of people dependent upon that system. They know nothing else. You look at Hurricane Katrina. They turned the Superdome in New Orleans into a giant FEMA camp. And they didn't get water out there for five days. You really think their job is to feed you and protect you? That's not what FEMA exists for. They exist for management, federal emergency management. And there's no better way to manage you than to control the food. And they kind of decide who's hungry and who's not. And what you're seeing is the various powers of the world are positioning themselves on this grand chessboard, like Zygmunt Brzezinski of the Obama administration wrote about They are all positioning their pieces because they know this system's going down. That's the dirty secret. And if you don't know how to farm and produce food for yourself, to sow and reap, harvest, game over.
3: We have become
4: decadent. We've become proud. We've become arrogant. And worst of all, we have abandoned our Bill of Rights. We've let them take it.
15: If we allow democracy through negligence and carelessness and the crude ambition for money, power and glory of politicians to be handed away, as we already have in Britain, to a supranational entity which we do not elect and cannot control, then you become just another police state. The freedom of the people will no longer be guaranteed by their own voice and their own vote. There will be an increasing gulf fixed between the governing class, which will wield all realistic power, and the governed who will wield none. We'll be right back to square one. And all the work of your founding fathers will have been carelessly set at naught by the very people, to whom you have entrusted the defense of that Constitution against all comers.
10: You are violating the sacred you have taken. You are listening and obeying orders from pirates who are taking their orders from the big bankers. Understand what
11: you are doing here today and what you affect to our
10: history.
11: My name is Mike Vanderbilt. I'm from the great free state of Alabama. And I'm also a three percenter. I believe in free men, free markets, the rule of law under the Founders Republic, and that the Constitution extends to everyone regardless of race, creed, color, or religion. What I say now, I say with reluctance, with sadness and not a little bit of dread, but say it I must. For silence in the face of tyranny implies consent, and I do not consent.
6: We are in an uphill fight, and it is so wildly outside the bounds that at any time we could have another Lexington Green. It could happen any day. It was the presence of military snipers, trained special forces snipers that they knew were on the other side, pointing their sniper rifles at a ranching family. That was the number one reason why they rolled out, is because our government. Was treating that ranching family with less respect than they would treat someone in Iraq or Afghanistan where they're still trying to win the hearts and minds. The attitude of the government in this case was, we don't care about winning your hearts and minds, we're going to show you who's boss. Here comes the boot on the back of your neck. And the message I have for the federal law enforcement that were there, you need to understand how close you were. It was not going to be a Waco where it's going to be you, well-trained professionals against untrained men, women, children at church. It was going to be you against other well-trained American fighters. As far as I know, King George, until the fight had started, did not claim the power to order colonists murdered. But your president now claims the authority to use drone strikes or anything else against you. It's even worse than what King George claimed the power to do. They're asserting the power to treat you, the American people, exactly the same as an occupied conquered enemy nation. What is that? It's treason!
7: We have three ways to deal with the government. We have the soapbox. We have the ballot box. We have the cartridge box. If
11: they catch you violating their unconstitutional laws, they will, when they please, send armed men to work their will upon you. We're the people innocent of any crime save the one these tyrants created, will die resisting.
7: If it came to the point and started rounding people up, I would resist. I would resist. I would not go to a camp. I would rather die in the street with a gun in my hand. And die, and I can't. I mean, if I have to die, I'm going to die a free man. We will
11: not die! If you wish to stay free, but to pass down that freedom to your children, you can do no less than become the lawbreakers. They have unprestitution made of it. You are the modern
6: American revolutionary. Unlike them, all you have to do is preserve what is already given to you by the blood of other patriots. You have to make sure it's not a thing. As long as your heart beats, as long as you draw breath, you have a duty to stand. You will not comply. You will resist. Accept that fact.
11: Embrace it. And resolve to be the very best, most successful lawbreakers you can be. And you will stay
4: free.
8: When does the Info War turn into the shooting war for the individuals who are put in circumstances where they're justified doing violence against agents of the state? It already is. For the insurgents in Iraq and Afghanistan defending their home, it is already a shooting war and not an Info War. And for people that are directly threatened by the violence of government every day on the streets in the United States, it already is a shooting war but the way that you defeat it is by winning the info war.
11: The thing you have to remember is the task that we have before us today is a task that's never been attempted before in history successfully. No republic, once it's gone corrupt and long in the tooth, has ever been resuscitated, ever. Look at history. I pray every day that we can revive this republic. I don't know it's possible. It's up to the determined minority to make it happen, to shape history. I have my doubts. I do, but I know that we have to try.
8: But America, you still consist of nothing but free, beautiful, Independent human beings capable of being the alphas of your own lives. We're coming to a point in human history where statism, I think, is coming to an end because people are waking up to its true nature. Human productivity, prosperity, that the government can never stop, is, is going to empower us to see past the paradigm of statism
13: down to the conclusion very
8: simply, freedom is popular. <laughs> it's not my Zen libertarianism is something that has allowed me to really fully appreciate the epicness of every moment that I am fortunate enough to enjoy on this planet. If you really understand the physics of reality, the fact that every cell in our body is replaced every seven years, that the atomic level, there is no such thing as matter as much as there is waves of energy that matter is composed of, and of uh, arranging the molecules in your brain to engage in the rest of the world, to be a part of the universe, to enjoy the experience that it is, to be a spinning wave of energy, a spiral of light that we are as human beings. It's a message of empowerment. It's a message of celebrating the the divinity in every human being, the the inalienable rights that that we all enjoy. And there is no such thing as government. You can see it for what it is. There's not a police officer. It's just a man in a blue costume with a gun. And the guy in the courtroom isn't a judge who has some superior moral claim to your life. He's just a guy in a black robe. And you're able to see the matrix. You're able to wake up and see all of the code behind the language of society and the way that we think and to be able to free your mind from that prison of fear and being able to step back and never be caught up in the fears of statism, to be afraid of losing your life, to never be afraid of dying because you come to accept its inevitability, that's Zen libertarianism. We choose to be libertarians because it makes our lives better to embrace the truth.
6: At the end of the day, we all die. We're all going to die. No one gets out of here alive. And so what counts is what we do and, and who we are. We
7: need to stop trying to wrestle over the government and use the government as a weapon against each other. Uh, I'm going to keep growing up. <laughs> Okay. We need to say, we're not going to use violence to enforce this. We're not going to use force to enforce this. We're going to settle this in a more civilized manner.
3: There isn't much chance of avoiding the quote-unquote hard landing that we've been discussing.
11: It is a precipice that some states have already plunged over, that the federal government threatens to follow.
12: What can you do about it? It's the same thing that's been going on since the beginning of time. We have no power.
11: <laughs> that's the other lie. The other lie is that, that these systems can't be wrecked. They can be wrecked simply by an individual saying no.
6: Let's be a man in America and a woman. <laughs> All we gotta do is stand up and say no. There will always be somebody who
7: wants to be free and is willing to fight to defend.
17: Human beings need to be free in order to achieve their full potential. Love is the core of this. Second American Revolution. <laughs> we do have the power.
12: It would be startlingly easy to reverse all of this is what people do not generally understand. The elites in every case always believe they are invincible and they never,
9: ever are. Regimes always fail and it's only a matter of time before everything comes crumbling down and we'll be Freedom. free.
12: All we have to do is essentially refuse to play ball you get enough people to do that and just refuse to go along it doesn't involve a bloody revolution and in fact for this one to really truly be unique from revolutions in the past it has to be that way
16: and that's it and it's up to us guys
13: this is no joke Tyranny is the old idea. It's over and done with. We don't need more tyranny. Change this country, go back to our roots, decide that we want to live in a free country and not in a country rapidly drifting toward totalitarianism. We need to reverse the
6: course. I want you to imagine this. Imagine if every single soldier, sailor, airman, and marine understood what you understand, knew what you know, felt what you feel about freedom, Imagine if they had that conviction in their hearts and in their minds and in their souls to be a warrior for liberty. Would you fear them anymore? I'm letting go and releasing this medal because love is the most
9: powerful force that we can employ as human beings on this planet. I don't want us to suffer this again, and I don't want our children to suffer this again. So I'm giving these back. You should never
13: doubt. group of people who have firm convictions can change the world because that's the only way it's ever happened
6: before. It's a bright time. It's a hopeful time. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because they are on the run. (laughs) You know, we're on the march and the empire is on the run. One drop of truth, as you know, is an antidote to an entire bucket of bull.
13: Or any government.
11: In terms of resistance, say no every chance you get. Every chance you get.
1: subscribe to the detour podcast network on itunes and don't forget to rate and review while you're there you can also download the stitcher and podbean app to your device for free and search detour podcast network and subscribe if you enjoy listening to the shows on the detour podcast network then spread the word to everyone you know your word of mouth is our best advertising method and we appreciate your support thanks for listening I wonder if Yoko Ono saw yesterday today. I wonder if tomorrow was yesterday. Rockford reference. The D2R podcast network. Live for today or yesterday.